There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if we could become something more. So when they needed us, we could fight the battles that they never could. Avengers Infinity War. Now, nothing will ever be the same. Can anyone make sense out of all that's happened? These guys are going to try. Peter Melnick, local newspaper production associate, comic book enthusiast, and podcast pontificator. And Eddie Wilson, upstate New York morning radio broadcast announcer in the Sullivan Catskills, inundated with an inordinate amount of catching up in his own comic book universe. What happens next? Listen up, true believers. It's time for another episode of The Marvelists. Welcome to The Marvelists, the Marvel Universe podcast. Not cinematic. That's exactly right. We've come to the end of the road, as it were, for reaching Avengers Infinity War. I have the dubious honor of starting the first few, I don't know, seconds of an introduction. I'm Eddie Wilson, along with co-host... Peter Melnick. And we have a special on-site live as it happens remote in Port Jervis, Orange County, New York at Haven for Heroes. We want to welcome and thank Emmett Garnum. Welcome, Emmett. Thank you. Thank you. And his son, Doug Garnum. Thank you. What's going on? Hey, happy to be here. Peter. Before this episode is over, we are going to be joined alongside creator of The Vision, Luke Cage, Wolverine and a crap ton of other characters, Roy Thomas, along with the boys from the Power Cosmic Podcast, John Cimino, and Terrificon promoter, Mitch Halleck. And the main event of this special show, we are going to be joined alongside the creator of Drax the Destroyer, Gamora, and that one purple guy, you know, the Grimace. No, no, Thanos. And that interview will be at the end of the show. Well, before we get into the whole rigmarole of what today's episode is about... We want to talk about how you can get a hold of us on them, thar, social medias. Go on Facebook at facebook.com slash The Marvelists. And give us a like-ski on there. Go on the Twitter at The Marvelists. Give us a follow on there. Myself at Peter Melnick. Yourself at EWilson959. How about you guys, by the way, on the Twitters and the Facebooks? On Facebook, we're just Haven for Heroes. Pretty easy to find us. On Twitter, personally, I'm not going to divulge that because of what I post. Uh, you can catch me on Instagram, at St. Douglas. Uh, you can also catch us on Twitter at Haven for Heroes. And we do have a YouTube channel. Put out a show at least once a week for either comics or magic. And that's going to be at Haven for Heroes on YouTube. Very cool, very cool. And on top of that, also going back over to The Marvelous, you can find us on Instagram at The Marvelous. I believe you guys are also on Instagram as well. I've I've gotten some like skis from you guys. Absolutely, we are on there as Haven for Heroes. Yeah, there's some underscores in there. You'll figure it out. Haven underscore 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 for heroes. Exactly. (laughs) It's not that, just anyway. Haven underscore four underscore heroes. I'll save you some time. I mean, that was half the fun for the audience. Scavenger hunt. But anyway, you can also send us an email. Drop us a line in our email bag, themarvelous at gmail.com. Give us some questions, comments, strongly worded letters. We will take them. 
Eddie? Peter? Eddie? <laughs> now that we know who we are, we do. <laughs> Gentlemen, before we get into our Infinity War discussion, we also want to talk about some other things that have been going on in the Marvel Universe in general. This past weekend of this recording, Deadpool 2 opened. I'm the only one here at this table who has seen it, but I liked it. You guys have heard positive feedback so far. Yeah, yeah. we've had a, at least a, a dozen people who have seen it come through today, and they were just like, "You need to see it." You I could just it. watch the trailer over and over again. I'd be happy. How many Two how, trailers? How close has it been to have it, having it been awkwardly spoiled for you? Because in the comic book industry, I could imagine you're going in and people will just blurt out spoilers immediately, like we'll be doing with Infinity War. So. Infinity War spoilers were really impossible to get away from. I remember the day after the disintegrating SpongeBob meme was getting <laughs> shared. Oh boy! And I was like, "What even? What even?" And then, like, I thought about it with my knowledge of you know what could happen, and I'm like, "Oh, come on, really?" <laughs> and then, like, it just evolved from there. It was just like, "Oh, Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good. I don't want to go." And with the disintegrating SpongeBob meme. And then it was, you know... And that filter, too. Yeah, Like, people yeah. can make a photo. Like Exactly, yeah. It just, it, it became impossible to avoid. But I enjoyed the movie nonetheless, even though most of it was spoiled for me. In fact, all of it was spoiled for me five minutes before I walked into the theater. Oh, my God. I walked oh, no. in with a bad attitude. Was it like Homer Simpson walking out of uh, Empire Strikes Back? No, no, it was, it was... It was literally just one very long message that I received. And it was just, oh... All of these things happen, you know, it's because I was bringing, you know, I was bringing my daughter and I was exchanging messages with her mother. She's like, are you sure that's appropriate for a seven year old? I'm like, it's a Marvel universe. Yes, it's a yes, it's appropriate. It's not Netflix. I'm not trying to show her Punisher where she's just watching a guy get his eyes gouged. It's or not Luke, that. Or Luke Cage getting coffee. Or Luke Cage getting coffee. Like, like. She plays Fortnite. I, I, I think she can handle some some CGI violence, some well done CGI violence. Well done. <laughs> you know. So, but as far as spoilers for Deadpool, we have a rule because you know we're a comic shop, we're a gaming shop. You know, so we have magic players, we have comic readers, we have people who just come in to pick up toys. The the general rule is, if you spoil a movie. You don't come back. <laughs> we banish you to the shadow realm. We, I like we that. snap our fingers and Ouch. you're boom, you're gone. <laughs> but only half the people that have that all, say all that. No, no, no. All, all, yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> half of each person. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's really severe. Just take a little off the top. Now, with Deadpool, there's a lot of talk about cameo appearances. Well, we'll talk about that on a future episode when we get to that. But in the meantime. We also want to talk about some future stuff that's going on in the Marvel Cinematic Universe with Disney. Apparently, there's going to be a Ms. Marvel movie in the very near future. Kevin Feige himself, Lord Feige himself, <laughs> revealed. <laughs> I mean, you got to give the man respect. That's you his title, isn't promotion. it? Very well, nice. He, he, des he deserves it. You know, he's going to have, you know, a very, like, shiny baseball cap. Well, and he, he'll yeah. be knighted, too. Yeah. It, you know, I think that... I think that he is one bad movie away from becoming Ozymandias, though. Just king of, <laughs> you know, king of kings. Wow. Look upon you, my works, ye mighty in despair. And then you just look around and there's nothing. You just made a DC reference. No, no, I didn't. Ozymandias is a poem. It, they named the guy after the poem. It's just, you know, it's 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 a convenient. We've, we've crossed that border nonsense. before. <laughs> yeah. And Eddie's gotten yelled at by many people for that. <laughs> Mostly you. We're called the, me. The podcast is called The Marvelous. No mention of DC. None. He wanted to call it the DC Marvel. 
marvelous. I'm like, Eddie, stop that. <laughs> if we decide images, to review those movies. Images right out. No image, no Dark Horse, no Valiant, which is hilarious because Valiant's probably my favorite. So uh, synopsis on the DC swing really quick is that when I go to any particular con and I see people dressed up cosplaying and they've done, I think, notable uh, jobs of that, yeah. I'll take pictures and post them. I don't care what they've, the characters they've become. It's, you know, it's all, we're all in the same dress up universe kind of thing, I feel cosplay thing and so I think it's to be uh, complimented and at least in that it way good, it looks good yeah. absolutely that's I think I that it. I think that effort should be commended regardless it's the craftsmanship. of craftsmanship yeah absolutely 100% but, you're not you're not applauding the comic character or whatever character you're applauding their their effort on the costume yep. or their 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 wallet right. for buying Correct. the costume yes. I, d- I just found it hilarious when I would see a comment going you know this is DC, right? <laughs> no, we had no idea. We thought that this was in Captain America issue 12 from back in the 40s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, going back over to the Ms. Marvel thing, I think that is a very great decision. That It, it was expected, to be completely honest, because she's a popular character. Of course they're going to capitalize on that. She's a popular yeah. character, and in today's society, um, movies or comics or any sort of media that projects... Uh, you know, people of color, people, you know, m- minorities in powerful roles is is a good thing because it's turning the tide because, you know, for the first like 50 years of comics, most of the superheroes were white. Yeah. And most of them were white men. There was and, white man whose power was he, you know, he like mayonnaise. Well, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> and then and then the women, all of their powers had to do with seducing villains or, you know, right. how sexy can they be? So, you know, Miss Marvel is neither is not white is not male and is not in a sexy costume but she's still an incredible character nonetheless and i think that she absolutely deserves a movie there was actually back not long after they made kamala khan into miss marvel there was an issue in california where somebody had graffitied on the side of a bus like a public transit bus racist propaganda stuff just uh, you know anti-immigrant anti-muslim and another artist found that bus and tagged Kamala Khan. Did a, oh, that's did a cool. mural of Kamala Khan stretching and punching and covered all of the, the racist graffiti with mm. that. So, you know, just that, she's in pop culture. She's got she's got the, the gusto to really make an impact in the MCU. See, I like the character, but the only thing about her that annoys me is that big dumb fist. I don't know why. It just annoys me. <laughs> oh, it's okay when Reed Richards does it, though. <laughs> oh, wait, that's the annoying, too. That's <laughs> Don't worry. That's annoying. That is yeah. also very annoying. Yeah. Every time I look at the Marvel Legends figures, I see uh, Ms. Marvel, and then I see just the big giant fist. I'm like, come on, guys. <laughs> come on. Yeah. Nobody wants to get punched by, by a, a fist the size of a Chevy Nova. <laughs> But with the idea of, you know, doing a Ms. Marvel movie, I'm excited for that. And I think, like I said, you know, the whole idea of bringing diversity and we're going to be seeing this. And I want to know, you guys, what do you think would be a good story to introduce the character? Because apparently she might be coming in. We were talking off mic. She might be showing up in uh, Captain Marvel. Yeah, uh, I I think you're going to see her in Captain Marvel. But I think you're going to see her in an end credits clip. Just to kind of introduce the character, get people talking about her, give it a little buzz. I don't know how far her movie is out, if it's a two-year or three-year. I know they haven't, as far as I know, they haven't cast it yet. So. Well, Phase 4 is, like, the only thing we know about Phase 4 is Black Panther 2 and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. That's and also, it. And all he said was, we have a plan. He didn't say, look out for a Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel movie. No. He just said, we have a plan. Because he has to be vague, because... You have to keep you know, watching the skis. Exactly. And um, I think if they're going to make a movie, not a lot of people know who she is. You know, as who, who Miss Marvel 
Kamala Khan is as a character or as, you know, as Kamala Khan or as the superhero in general. So I think that they are going to need to touch upon the origin story and they can't just give it the, the homecoming treatment where they just, you know, here's two lines about how it happened because you've watched Uncle Ben get shot twice already. So, you know, like, you know, I, I, I lovingly they, say he's been shot more times than 50 cent. You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> actually, somebody made somebody made a Twitter, a fake Twitter for Uncle Ben. So when the new Spider-Man movie got got, you know, like the that it was going to happen, somebody posted on that Twitter. It was just like, can we please stop rebooting the Spider-Man movies? Because I'm really tired of getting shot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Thomas and, and Martha Beg to differ. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's DC, you know. Crossing again. You know, yeah, yeah. you mentioned Doug. You just triggered a thought about the the origin, Captain Marvel, all kind of stuff. Are they going to omit the fact that Captain Marvel, or is it Marvel, started off, you know, male? Um, and the whole, you know, Rick I, Jones and the bands that would I see I transport see. them to the different. I see that happening. I see them either either glazing that over or making it very Green Lantern esque, where like he's on his deathbed or she's like not he's even a the second car- Captain Marvel. She's though. not. So I think that you know what what'll happen is they'll show who you know they'll show Captain Marvel and you know or or uh, you know or Rick and and. Morty. He's gonna bequeath. <laughs> he's gonna Sorry, Mortis. Yes, exactly. He's gonna he's gonna bequeath the the power onto her in some mm-hmm. way. That's my prediction, obviously, yeah. because you know Marvel has a way of twisting things so that the purists can be happy, but also people who know nothing can also be happy. Well, and, that's where uh, they may have to compromise. Like I've said on previous podcasts to Peter and everybody that you know, they have to make this as wide open and maybe uh, less confusing to appeal to a mass audience to get people to go to the movies. You can't right. please everyone, but you can certainly get everyone to go, yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and the thing is, like, they're doing a really good job in regards to planting the seeds of what the future is. Because when they were doing the uh, True Believers Thanos month, I found it really interesting that the final week was one Thanos book, but then a reprint of Carol Danvers, like her first appearance or whatever. Right. And they call it that, yes. But right. the reason they did that was because, wait, why is Carol Danvers? You had to see uh, Avengers Infinity War to see the post credit scene. Yeah. Right. And Which, by the way, Marvel, if you're listening, please, please, the next time that you do a post credit scene, do, like... Just, Let Sam Jackson just drop no, just the whole mother? Put it, put it... <laughs> Put it earlier. Earlier. If Adventures Infinity Wars. I went to the we bathroom waiting, and came back yeah, and made it before. Like, we would wow. wait. We've been waiting, you know, a, at least a decade for this movie. Yeah. And the the credits, because you know they have to credit everybody who touched the movie, which a lot of people, a lot of people. It was like twenty minutes of credits. Like pretty the, close. <sighs> but you know, maybe it would seem longer. Also, I mean, it was long. Yeah. But maybe what they didn't do in this particular movie was not have a mid credit. Yeah, scene, yeah, which I think was a good Helps move. To break it up. Well, I think it helped for the for the for the shock and what had happened throughout the whole movie for everything to start sinking, sinking in some in. more while you watch right. credits right. Mi- mindlessly or whatever yeah. and just try to absorb what did I just see and it just ended like this yeah. kind exactly. of thing. Yeah. And, and it gave my daughter time to stop crying. That's what it did. And the sec- <laughs> I, mean, my, I saw it twice before this podcast and the second viewing I I got a more accepting uh, take of what had happened and so on, but still left me gasping and just like uh, a void in myself as to okay now what kind of thing yeah it's you know it's it's definitely it was definitely a now what moment because i remember seeing iron man when it was in theaters and i remember seeing all of the marvel movies when it was in theaters and then you know there was the rumors of it being infinity war there was the 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 hints at it being infinity war then there was the announcement and then you know the culmination of all these movies 
you know, we've dumped a lot of our time into waiting and watching and reading. I think even then, the part of it being there being a two-part Infinity War yeah, movie, or maybe yeah. now not going to call it that, it's, I don't it, know. But it essentially is. It is essentially, yeah. They originally had called it Infinity War Part 1 and 2. And I was like, oh, wow, they're going to split this into two movies, so they're going to come out back to back, right? No, no, that's not at all going uh, to like happen. Like the Harry Potter thing. Yeah. yeah. Or The Hobbit. Okay. What I like about the idea of, you know, going for the overall, you know, just decision for two-parter, it makes it a lot more exciting. You know, it makes you yeah. it, waiting for this movie, waiting for what's next. A, sig- a very, very long and increasing build and so on to get to this, so I think it was just well done. Much like the way I did that sentence, it, just, it took forever to get to. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> we are Groot. I use a lot of filler words, Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But, yes, indeed. <laughs> Now, also going back over to the Kamala Khan discussion, there's a lot of people going on saying who they want to see involved in the movie. Mindy Kaling is wanting to be involved with the film. I could see that. I just... Mm-hmm. she's She's been a comedian for so long. I don't know that people would take her seriously in an action role. I always find it funny, though, because like Chris Pratt... You know, but then again, the Star Lord character is a is humorous comedic- character. Yes, yeah, he, he's and, not a fist fighter. I mean, I even think- him pistol whipping Thanos looked awkward. Yeah, you know, it, it just you know. It, I, I think it really was in character, though. Yeah. No. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But uh, that's the one thing I, I really think that Marvel Universe has done perfectly up until now is. With Star-Lord pistol whipping? Not <laughs> yeah. no. Well, that's what I couldn't wait for. I was really excited about that, but no. Well, it's that the, the characters stay true. Yeah. One from one movie to another, they don't change who they are, except for and and they do it wonderfully through Civil War changed those characters, but it would change anybody. It would Captain change America regular, got a beard. Yeah, <laughs> but it would change. It would change people, you know. And and I think it did, and I think you could see it, and I think it was really well done. That he was going for the Thor look, though, wasn't he? That's what he said. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> But now, also going away from the Marvel stuff, but kind of staying Marvel. What? what? <laughs> going away? We're going to talk about DC now. No, you know what? I got pixelized or started being dis- with whatever that thing was, in a picture of me being disintegrated. And it's funny because, and if you hadn't heard about this in podcast listening land, of the um, app, did Thanos kill me? Kill dot me? I think it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, it you was. Could, you uh, could look that up and see yeah. if you survived the. Uh, I didn't. No, I, neither I died. Did I. I I was slain. I only know one person who was spared by Thanos. So do I. I, I have one. a life. My mom was. <laughs> yeah, my coworker no. was, and he did it twice, and he was spared both times. I don't know. Yeah, I just kept hitting refresh, and after about fifty-seven times <laughs> dying to Thanos, I got the hint. It was just that she's never calling me back. That's that's really what it was. It was that moment. It was it was the it was the I'm not getting a second date with Thanos. <laughs> oh, I think I think Thanos would be a gentle lover, though. In all honesty, you know, not with a glove that big. I, I think <laughs> you brought it up. Ha ha ha. I think he's a great he's a great character though. I think I think they're doing and a wonderful very, very well. The the villain is you, you feel for him, you, you understand what he's what his it's not a, some outlandish, ridiculous, campy reason. He has a real reason. He has a logical sense of what should be done and why it should be done and he has a purpose. He does and even in even in two viewings I, I cannot feel for Thanos um, reasoning for doing that. I, I've not felt so, for his reasoning for his cause well, yet. Real, real I'm quick, sure I'm it'll do, turn, but what? I'm going to do a mini pause of the episode. We're actually going to not talk about the old Stanley uh, 
suing Pow. We're just going right into our discussion of the movie now. Yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think you're so, correct. So as far as as far as you know, feeling for Thanos in every single movie that has a villain, I find myself trying to analyze the villain's thought process. You know, Thanos was the easiest to slip into. I, I'm very fascinated with villainy. I mean, when the, the NBC show Heroes was on, I was obsessed with Siler. Mm. You know, in the past uh, with Marvel movies, I really enjoyed the villains that they did because they made sense. Thanos has made the most sense out of all of their villains. And I get into arguments for Thanos, you know, all of the time. Because, you know, you, th- you think about there was a documentary, What Would Happen If Humans Left the Earth? And it went over the process of over the next couple thousand years, what would happen to the earth if the humans just disappeared? Just animals conga lining, just happy. And, and just animals taking over, uh, buildings crumbling, the you know, over overgrown vegetation just everywhere until eventually there's nothing left because, you know, the animals have too much to eat or not enough to eat or mm-hmm. so on and so forth. So the idea of life unchecked destroying itself, especially with humanity involved, it makes it makes perfect sense, and I feel for him completely, especially since it happened to Titan. Yeah, exactly. Especially since <laughs> it happened to it. Titan. Yeah, he saw it firsthand, and not just that, but he sacrificed his daughter, who you know, tough love, whatever you want to call mm. it. You know, the, it was a very very touching scene. You know, when he gets the Soul Stone, which, by the way, you know, Red Skull showing up was pretty pretty cool. Epic. It was I really was cool. so shocked when that happened. Yeah. My jaw dropped. Yeah, yeah. When, yeah. When, when he pulls the hood back. What a secret that was kept because nobody saw that coming. Nobody even knew that Hugo Weaving was going to be in the movie at Well, all. it wasn't Hugo it Weaving. It wasn't Hugo it Weaving. It wasn't. It was a new, it's a completely new actor. It's an actor. I just thought, I thought it was just a total CGI and just a voiceover. Yeah, it's a new voice. But, he, yeah, Hugo so, Weaving did not return for the role. Well, that makes sense then. That's probably why nobody... Was Nobody knew, it. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, the yeah. guy may not even known who he was playing if it was a total CGI, if he didn't have to wear the makeup and everything hey, you know and what? just did yeah. the voice. Because he never says, I'm the Red Skull. No. Yeah. Right. right. He just knew he was doing recordings for Infinity right. War. Like in a German accent. Yeah. yeah. And it could have been anyone. You know, it could have been just know, the German If he doesn't know person. comics, he doesn't know who... Yeah, you know, who would have a German accent in there? And, and, and there's so, plenty of people actually. So. So, so the scene where like he's standing at the cliff, and he's not moving or saying anything, and Gamora's just just berating him and making fun of him and laughing at him. And then she sees him crying and she does that thing that bullies do when they see the, their target crying and they're just like, really? Really? Tears? Yeah. And Red Skull just goes, yeah, no. He's not for, not, not for himself. <laughs> for He's mourning. And... When he just grabs her and drag, oh, the slow drag. Oh, it wasn't even like a sudden, like just chuck her off the cliff. It was a slow drag to like a shove, oh, and, oh. which the, would have had would have had no pun intended impact of its own if it was a quick <laughs> drag throw. Right, because then that would have completely negated the entire yeah, but, emotional build up there. It yeah, just, I, th- I think that does. I think that if he just threw her off like a piece of like a like just like really nothing, quickly, yeah. it would have seen it would like, have proved that, her right. right that she was right. But yep. But that, like he all, it's almost a long hesitation. Yeah. Going back over to the memes, my favorite thing that I've seen in the Marvel Shield posting group was a picture of Kermit the a Kermit the Frog puppet getting thrown down a flight of stairs, and it says uh, Gamora getting thrown down off a cliff, colorized. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. No, but uh, you know, uh, I think that that whole scene really was like the apex of the movie in my opinion because 
throughout the movie, you get to see a lot of facets of Thanos. You get to see his bloodthirst when he's fist fighting the Hulk, you know, because, uh, you know, they're like, oh, no, let him, yeah, let him have his fun. And he just beats the snot out of the Hulk. Which, who, in turn, Hulk becomes afraid of him. Right. I think it's less that he's afraid of Thanos and more that he's embarrassed that he got beat. You know, got I've never heard that. I, that's actually a really good point. I can you know, see that. You know, because his no was not in fe- It was not a scared no. When you hear him, when you hear Hulk yelling back no, right. and he's like, come on, come out. He's, it's just, no. It's like a toddler who doesn't want to go face the bully that just hit him with a stick. It's it's not, oh, I'm scared I got hit with a stick. It's like, I got hit in the face and, and, and you know, I'm afraid of what they think of me now. It, you know, and up until then, Hulk had not faced anybody who could beat him. Yeah. Hulk was the strongest of them all. It's, he was the strongest Avenger. Exactly. Yeah. It's quite... It's different from the the comics because uh, his power level, strength yeah. power level... Was not nearly as, is, what is it is as in the high comics. as it is in the comics. In fact, Thanos, though he's not afraid of anybody, has stated on multiple occasions that the Hulk is the one person he actively avoids conflict with. <laughs> because whether you win or lose, getting punched by the Hulk... Must suck. I don't yeah. care how powerful. And they you didn't are. make it like that. They yeah. wanted to make him all powerful. Yeah. I mean, that's the that's the build up. And they also wanted which, to make it so that he's tough without the gauntlet, which they tried to do for Apocalypse in the X Men movie, and they did, and then beat him in five minutes at the end. Yeah. <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> what that's a true. What a difference. You look at the two movies. It's kind of the you know the same kind of villain. You know, all powerful being. And uh, we're talking about Lord Feige, right? Yeah. He, yeah. he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's such a well-crafted movie. It's it's almost like if independent, independent like IFC movie made a hero. Like it is really well the dialogue, the character building, all of it is just really, really well done. They've just been getting better and better scripts. Right. Marvel movies have never been uh, not never. All right, that's an that's an exaggeration. But Marvel movies, at Thor least in the, the MCU, have have f- very rarely been poorly scripted right there may be a couple of bad lines here or there infinity war i don't think there was plot, really a, a bad plot line. holes in earlier ones yeah um, but none that you could drive a truck through right yeah. nothing you could drive fox on the other hand but we don't even want to talk about it. we're not going to talk about fox <laughs> which continuity are we in yeah. uh, mcavoy or stewart <laughs> so <laughs> these timelines make my head hurt <laughs> now eddie i was just thinking too when you know we start seeing these characters in the conflicts and then you know eventually the the body count begins thanks to the ch- you know Ebony Maw and all them. Ebony and Ivory? What? No, <laughs> Ebony Maw. You know who I'm talking about. Do I? Yeah. Okay. Squidward. Squidward. <laughs> Squidward. Yeah. You just went. See, here's way. the thing is that, like, I don't know enough of the Black Order because I, you know, I didn't know enough of the Black Order to know who was who, you know, when you were seeing them. I kind of figured it out that, you know, the chick with the horns was Proxima Midnight and that the guy with uh, the no-nose, the Squidward, was Ebony Maw. Mm. The rest, I was just like, uh, I think Corvus Glaive was the guy with the spear. You know, oh, wow, let's give the guy named Glaive a glaive. It just makes sense. <laughs> like, right now, I'm going through the Jonathan Hickman run, and I'm building up to the Black Order stuff. So, like, I'm getting close to it, and I didn't know, but, like, these movies have made me want to check out Hickman stuff. Yeah. And in turn... I'm, you know, surprised at the comparisons, you know, they how much they borrowed from his work for these movies. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And Hickman's a hell of an architect. Like he really should be one of those people that Marvel should be calling up. Like right now he there there is a bidding war between DC and Marvel over who is going to get Hickman once I believe isn't it once East of East of West is finished or something like that because he they want somebody's going to bring him in. Right. 
Right. No, I, I mean, I, which is a surprise because a lot of guys write multiple books. I mean, Lemire wrote Independence and Valiant while he was at Marvel. He didn't have an exclusive. Cates doesn't have an exclusive. I think that's just good negotiating. I think King does. I think King is exclusively DC right now. But yeah, a lot of. I mean, the best way. I mean, these guys are really. Now DC's touting that Brian Michael Bendis is coming because, like, you wouldn't know because in the centerfold of all their comics and Jabo is coming. Bendis is coming. <laughs> wow. Nobody. No, like, really, really, right. just Sm- rub it in everyone's face. Smithers, Gabo is coming. <laughs> <laughs> Why? But yeah, they, I mean, it's they're they're really getting having to stick to the newest content, and it's not because that's who the readers are because there's really not a lot of readers. They're sticking to the newer content is because it, it's it's written in this culture. Yeah, sixty stuff and seventy stuff doesn't translate well. They, unless you're doing a period piece, right? Unless right, you're doing right, a period right, right, right. piece, and then people are watching it for that, and that's the people that are interested. And in, and it really doesn't have the viewership that you know the the newer content does. So that's why I've always said if you ever introduce the Fantastic Four, make that a period piece, make them in the 1960s, and have them be time travelers too. Anything you know. But like, and I still or say, go straight up cosmic with them. Yeah. Get them off Earth. Mm. Put them out into the keep cosmos. them away from Earth, yeah. please, God. Did you uh, did you see that when they rebooted the the new Fantastic Four movie that the Punisher o- uh, in the comics killed the cast? Yeah. of the Fantastic Four. I think Michael yeah. B. Jordan was the only one that lived because like he missed like a cab or something yeah. for like, his limo. Yeah. yeah, it was, it was so brutal. I love when Marvel does petty, petty, petty stuff like that. They just, they're just like, oh, Fox, you don't want to let he go was, of Fantastic he Four? Was so much we're going to end the comic, and we're so going to kill the cast. He was so much better when Marvel brought him back for Black Panther. Oh, yeah. Oh, Killmonger is so He's, cool. I am so mad that they killed him. It's just not even funny. Whoa, spoiler. Jeez. My Panther was held <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm it was about three months ago. That was like a not too long ago, it, to yeah. be fair. It played for four months. It's like I think there's certain theaters that you actually can still go see Black Panther in. I saw Black Panther two weeks ago in theaters. Yeah. Like for my second like rewatch for the show. And I'm like, Yeah, I can see this happening. Yeah. But going back over to Thanos, I gotta say one thing. I I put it on Twitter recently and after watching the movie and I stand by this. He is a better villain than Darth Vader. And that's coming from a lifelong Star Wars fan. Thanos yeah. a better vi- villain than Darth Vader? Yeah. I can agree with that. I think now, I think, but I can agree with it, but I only, only because in this one film, we've seen Darth Vader for a while. Yeah. You know, start to finish. But the thing yeah. is, with seeing Darth Vader from start to finish, we got the early days where it kind of deteriorate deteriorated the character for us that old perception that's, it's like you that's know that's exactly what also, I was going to say I don't like that also Darth yeah. Vader in the movies versus Thanos in the movies is different than in the comics because the Darth Vader comics that Marvel has been putting out phenomenal oh yeah makes Darth Vader by far a better villain than Thanos who's writing Vader now because I remember it was Gillen I could just grab one off the rack here. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, being in a comic shop. I don't see you can just grab it right off. Oh, yeah, the... we are in a comic book shop. <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> They're hitting that iced tea too much. Yeah. That's an older one. That's not a current. This is current. Oh, it is? Right. <laughs> in store comic shop debate. Oh, Killen's doing, uh, yeah. doing it again. Yeah. Yeah, killing. Yeah, it, he really is. It, I mean, it's for us. It's one of the better Marvel selling books, believe it or not. It's uh, the 
but definitely in the movies, I, I would I would ha- happily agree that Thanos is a better villain. Sad, than Darth Vader. sad emo Anakin has just ruined it for we, me. No, 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 no. We don't talk about the prequels. <laughs> if they count, he's still no, pres- yeah. no. No, if like we're talking sand. about the prequels, the only time we talk about the prequels is the fact that Jar Jar Binks was the supreme Sith Lord. <laughs> this is like Emmett, thank you. I'm so happy he I'm had those yellow eyes. Gets berated for not talking about the wrong things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my ignorance is showing. The inordinate amount, like I say on the intro, is true to form. Peter, Eddie, thank you very much. <laughs> So yeah, like I like I do stand by that because also he's just a he's such a flawed character. Oh yeah. You know, and you were talking about how you kind of sympathize with him. I can't sympathize with that character. I straight up agree with him. I <laughs> there is that one discussion. I'll, I'll get to that point, but I haven't I haven't yet. There's that one discussion and I've seen this argument done on Marvel Shield posting Marvel Studios on Reddit and it was the whole idea of well, if, you know, he has the Infinite Gauntlet, why doesn't he just wish for more resources? Or, you not wish, it's not a friggin' lamp. But, you know, <laughs> well, why doesn't he just create right more resources? Uh-huh. Well, on, we here. have the Gauntlet here. So I here, wish, I wish, no. So, so, so here's, here's the way that I'm going to propose it to you. Uh, yes, I, you need water, you need water to live. I, I was going to make that joke, by the way. You, you need water to live, right? Yes. Now, what happens if I were to submerge you in water for 10 minutes? Death. Am I in Guantanamo? Too much of a good, <laughs> too much of a good thing can become a bad thing True. everything in moderation everything has balance balance that's what if you said. create he more resources so if you create more resources all you're going to do is create more people more people more more, more races more more money more more, problems. more evolution yep. so eventually you're going to create some sort of you know just as there's the the whole theory of the super bug like the super bacteria that'll become resistant to everything the the 0.1 percent that like disinfectants don't kill yeah the same thing could happen to to, to cognizant beings you would end up with an entire universe full of Thanoses that are just as powerful as him, and they're all fighting each other and tearing each other apart. And then the universe doesn't mean anything because every planet is just going to implode on itself. Everything needs balance. Everything needs a cycle. Everything needs a food chain. It's all self-sustaining because there's checks and balances. You know, when we started creating medicine to kill disease, we started living longer, which means a, a massive population increase. Yeah, you like know, the, even here on the planet that we live on, we don't have enough resources mm-hmm. to survive on. What makes the universe think that like it can survive on its limited resource with its ever expanding, you know, so you have to enact something. You know, the only reason that we survived past the dark ages is because the, the bubonic plague wiped out a third of us. Right. Yeah. I think that's oh, what yeah. Thanos is really saying. I mean, is that there, no action is the wrong action, right? And he's going to take the action because nobody's taking action. Well, that's the thing, is that when you're doing nothing, you're still doing something. Exactly, exactly. It's the opposite of doing something, yeah. It's, uh, and Inaction I think it's isn't very action. poignant for our time. And, I, you know, I think comics have done this, and I, now the movies are throughout their history. Social commentary. Social commentary is big. Um and always has been, and in, in in that in that pop culture realm is where they can talk about it, where it's not pointing a finger and saying you because you're not this alien race, right? Yeah. But it gets into the subconscious and it works its way through. Yeah. So. And then the next time you watch the news, when Donald Trump says anything, you can just be like, "Wow, Thanos turned orange." <laughs> <laughs> 
Not saying I agree with Donald Trump. I I should retract that statement. I apologize, listeners. These views do not reflect. (laughs) (laughs) Those by the hosts of The Marvelous. Now, I I can definitely see your points to that completely. And I I just feel like there are parts of Thanos where he, he sees that, but he also, he doesn't realize also certain aspects of it. You know what I mean? He does in no, he doesn't. Ha- he doesn't. He's not human, right? So he doesn't yeah. have, he doesn't have, what our perspective, right? And in, and people see it as very inhumane. Well, he's not human, so mm. yeah, of course, I can see. yeah, absolutely. Right. So we're trying to put all that, and that's well, that's just what that's pe- what we do to everything is but, we try to put us on it. You know. Well, that's the thing is that also people see anything that isn't soft as inhumane. People see hard decisions as inhumane. You know, well, he says that he says uh, humanity is a violent a hard thing. Decision. Humanity is a violent thing, and that's the thing is that I feel like Thanos is the most humane out of all the characters. Because I mean, think about it this way: when you get angry, smashing stuff makes you feel good. Crumpling up paper is something that you know that uh, therapists say is a way to uh, let your aggression out in a in a safe manner. The act of destroying something, humanity in and of itself is you know has a duality but half of that duality is the destroyer you know they're you know we create life but we we gain pleasure from destroying things he breaks his own rule though he says that he's going to do it randomly everyone when he snaps his finger it's just going to be random but he makes a deal yeah for the for the time stone stone to spare tony to spare tony stark yeah. And people so, were wondering why, okay. well, he had the time gem. Why didn't he use the time gem? Because he saw all the outcomes. And, yeah. it, you know, he he's following the plan, the game plan that he saw winning, which is the, the you know, the out of the 16 million or whatever. 14, was it 14? 14, 14, 14 point something. 14 million. Point something, 14 point something yeah. million outcomes. Six, the one outcome yeah. where they win is, you know, he didn't reveal it, which was a great idea yes. for them not to reveal that. But, you know, Strange knew what he was doing. And it's true it's to his like character. It's like every time paradox, though. I mean, that's why he didn't reveal it. Paradox, there's two boats. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's every every movie you see with time travel. It's like if he tells everybody, then they will try to change it. And it can't be changed. The only thing that he can do is follow what he was supposed to do up until the time they won. And then anything, people still could, you know, even though he, up until he disappears, Right. He can't affect after there. There had to be uh, other timelines that led up to that that didn't win after giving the time gem away. But time, 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 gem, gem. time, yeah. time, gem. So time stone. They're not rocks, Marie. They're minerals. minerals. Right. <laughs> are they? What are they actually? Are they are they beings? Maybe. No. Um, Should go back to the collector's uh, speech in Guardians. Yeah. <laughs> or, by the way, did anybody notice the Arrested Development blue man in the in the tank? I did. I couldn't find him I, when I went to see it the second time. I, I still couldn't find him. Too fast. It's literally just a half of a second. Oh, I saw geez. the still, and he's he's like laying in a way that makes it look like he could blend in with the background. It's super tiny. I didn't realize he was in there until I saw in the credits. It was like Arrested Development character owned by. And I was like, what? The most interesting thing about that is they keep bringing up like the Russo brothers will reference their own work, like. Right. Or they'll bring in characters, you know, the different actors, like the the guy who plays Abed from Community. He shows up in Winter Soldier, who was that directed by the Russo brothers, right. and the Russos did a few episodes of Community. Mm. And you know, you see the stair car in Civil Wow right. Wow, but uh, you know, you 
it's it's just cool to see. It's that great though. I mean, that's pop culture. Civil War, <laughs> Captain America. Eddie's wearing Sorry. a Captain America Civil War shirt <laughs> under the Avengers sweatshirt. But yeah, I, with I a fortune cookie with a fortune cookie. <laughs> the Mandarin that works its way into every episode. We found a way, <laughs> and me with an outburst. Where's the Mandarin? <laughs> <laughs> well, which one? Google. Oh, it's, that's not that's and, not and with yeah Civil War. But yeah, I I don't know. I just I like that those characters get to make appearances. They they show like a little bit of respect towards you know their prior work. Right, right, you right. you see that with like for example Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith you know will bring like he's doing the Flash right now and he'll bring Jason Mewes in to do a cameo alongside him. Yeah. Right. Brian's actually a friend of ours. Brian O'Halloran. Dante from Clerks. Yeah, he's actually a friend of ours. And he, Scott Schiaffo. Uh, and yeah. Scott Schiaffo, yeah. Mm. Yeah, they were both here for uh, free comic, free book, comic day. book day. They're excellent guys if you ever get a chance at a con to see them. Scott's one of my personal there. favorite people. Scott yeah. rules. He's a really cool yeah, guy, man. They are. Since someone brought up appearance, why don't we just talk briefly about the Stan Lee appearance? Another well done, I think, uh, as the bus driver. Yeah. I, I don't What's the matter? Haven't you kids seen a spaceship before? Sure. Yeah. I, oh, I, yeah. And I love that on the, in the bus scene, like Peter's just like, make a distraction and not even... <laughs> oh, <laughs> no my God. We're all going to die! Oh, it's so good. T- truth be told, this was my least favorite stand standio, but well, you didn't I, see you saw him from like as if you were looking up at the bus driver, so you only saw the yeah. half side of his face, maybe or whatever. I, I I wasn't a fan of this one. Like my my favorite one still is either Thirsty Gambler in Black Panther, mm. or I like Amazing Spider Man's cameo where he's just doing his thing, you know, with the music and everything. And also... Oh, he's got the Guardi- headphones on? Yeah. In the, in the library filing away while I the battle is taking scene. place back in the room? Yeah. <laughs> Were you going to mention Guardians 2? That's he's the a one watcher. I was about to say. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Yeah, so there's a theory that he is one of the watchers because, you know, he's sitting with the watchers talking. He's like, and this time I was this person doing this. It's Apparently just, he was going to reference in like a deleted scene. Like they had him writing, you know, mentioning Deadpool as well. Like he, one time I was a DJ. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's great. You know, I think that as a watcher was probably the longest... Or was it in two parts uh, during the film and then in a post credit or a mid credit? Yeah, that you saw Stan Wait, two different times. Back. So I think yeah. it was the longest Stanley appearance right. yeah. of all of them. And with you know the Stan cameos again, you know my favorite other favorite one is the Doctor Strange one where he's reading. What what was the book again? We couldn't. I tried to stop it. I couldn't figure out what the heck he was reading. And he says, it, it, was the, "It was the doors. The, something doors. Oh, doors of perception. There we go. Yeah. That's right. This it, is where hilarious. The doors took, the group took their name <laughs> from, essentially. I believe. I, yes. Did, and do I, you do a Stanley impression? Because that was that was oh, pretty close. Once that in a while. Do it again, Eddie. What did I do? What did I say? That yeah. was hilarious. Say Excelsior. I don't care. Excelsior. <laughs> Man, I used to I used to watch the, the Stanley who right? wants to be a superhero. Oh yeah. I watched the rest Stanley of Balls Mahoney showed up. The superhuman show was was great. It actually gave me an idea for a for a comic book slash movie <laughs> where uh, this state uh, this stage magician gets the idea of of uh, you know this is a world where superpowers don't actually exist. You know world. Yeah, in a world like 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 this world, superpowers don't actually exist. One man, one magician, gathers a team of people to rob a bank with their extraordinary abilities, and like it just really like a really strong guy to help rip the vault open. And, That's you know, a character. Just... Careful, strong guy. Strong guy. Oh, strong guy. Uh, yeah. he he's in the. Uh... 
the uh, Guido. X Guido is his X name. X I'm glad yes. they stopped calling him Guido because With those fashionable shades. I guess. <laughs> oh man, yeah. the little he's a pinhead. Hair. He's a pinhead. Yeah. <laughs> You're not gonna walk up and tell him that. Uh, good luck with no, that. No, I'm good. He's a strong guy. He's yeah. a strong for you. Yeah, yeah I'm good. I'm good. I'm good on insulting Sorry. anybody whose shoulders are as wide as a Mack truck. I'm good. <laughs> nope. Nope. But the uh, I'm brave. I'm not stupid. <laughs> what do you, What do you think about the the appearance of when when Widow sees Hulk again? When when sun's getting real low. Yeah. I just I just heard Banner. Banner. Banner just, sees Widow. And just the sexual like, tension was seriously awkward. Yeah. Uh, it was like a mixture of like romantic tension and just like awkward. Like, right, I kind of stood you up. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Well, you shot into space. I mean, he didn't shoot in. He he flew into space. Let us let's not have no. any illusions that he accidentally went into well, space. He this is got in the Quinjet. And like with his giant ham hock of a finger, point to, to tap the controls and crunching himself into the seat is just yep. like, I'm going to fly. He, just, he major tommed it. He just went out to space. The, the, it's a little bit different in the comics, but yeah. Yeah, no, in, in the always, comics, it was yeah. the Illuminati that did it and not yeah. like the New World Order Illuminati. This is, this is for your own good, Banner. Yeah, exactly. It was, well, <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was less for his own good, more for everyone else's mm-hmm. good because, like, yeah. we know the Hulk can breathe in space, but if you happen to calm down while you're there, you might die. You know, it's just... Uh, good luck. We're all kind of counting on you. See you later. <laughs> oh, <laughs> very, uh, very reverse Superman. Yeah. Sorry, that's DC. Uh, <laughs> the world's so, not exploding. Okay. We're trying you're, to keep it from allowed. exploding. It's okay. <laughs> not bizarro either, so. Yeah. Bizarro. But uh, can we talk about Thor's shape-changing axe? No, how dare you? Why would we talk about this on a Marvel show? Uh, so... Shape, when, oh, the size. Yeah, you keep the, thinking the size All right, so st- when, when Stormbreaker gets made, right? By Groot. Uh, by, Groot by Groot and by... Uh, by Tyrion Lannister. Uh, <laughs> let's be real. That was like, it was an incredible, it, it, Peter Dinklage's part was incredible because mm-hmm. it was very Shakespearean, which is true to the comics because in the modern era, all anytime you, you encounter any person that is related to Thor, either from Niflheim or from like any of the Asgardian realms, they all have the same speech balloons with the same lettering, the same font, mm. which gives it an old world feel. So him speaking in Shakespearean style uh, pacing, as well as the, the the vocation of it, just all of it kind of gives you a, a Shakespearean feel, which is true to the comics and true to the idea of the character. It was it was in, in like Thanos said, your life is yours, but your hands are mine. Like <laughs> my mind's telling me no, but my, my body, body, my body is telling me yes. So, you know, it's just it was so Shakespearean and it made sense. So so when That's... so when they make Stormbreaker and teenage Groot decides to, you know, stop popping his pimples and, you know, get up uh, you know off his high horse and help out uh, when he picks it up. It looks like a lumberjack's axe. It's like, you know, it's hefty, but, you know, it's you can wield it with one hand. Meanwhile, when he sinks it into Thanos, when he just straight up just chops into him, the thing is gigantic. He can't get his hand around it. Mm. Like, it's just, 
did it change sizes? Because when he jumps into Wakanda and he throws it and there's lightning bolts flinging everywhere. The handle it, is, he's holding the handle. He's holding the handle. All the way around. Yeah, you know, he's gripping it. Exactly. Except when he puts it into Thanos, you, you see the size difference between Thor and Thanos. But, like, they also didn't want to make the axe seem small, small in Exactly. Yeah. So somewhere along the lines, the CGI's got crossed, and the <laughs> axe looked way too big, and it was almost comical. I tried not to laugh when Thanos got hit with the axe, but when I saw the handle, I was like, you can't lift that puny god. <laughs> oh you are not worthy. Now, one thing I have to ask is, when you saw Peter Dinklage's character for the first time in the film, what did you guys think? I thought genius absolute like what a great way to it's like a giant dwarf yeah See, <laughs> it's a, he's a dwarf and he's giant now so me on the flip side when i heard like somebody pointed this out and i just can't unsee it now but somebody compared him to sweetums from the muppets <laughs> <laughs> oh no you ruined everything <laughs> soiled it now he can't unsee that <laughs> no it's so good pass it on <laughs> Yeah, it also was very reminiscent of. Uh, I'm a big hip hop fan, as I mean, as we've we've shared, a man with the iron fists. The ri- the 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 uh, the RZA movie. Yeah, I've never RZA seen from Wu Tang Clan made two movies, <laughs> not just one. There's two. Man with the that. iron fist. It's a blacksmith who uh, who encases his hands in Batista's these. Batista's in it. Yeah. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave Batista's in it. Uh, he plays, he plays uh, the, the bronze he play, man. Yeah, the, he, yeah, he can mm. turn his body into bronze. Uh, but uh, so Riza encases his hands in these steel spiked gauntlets and punches everyone. Yeah, he, just punches, <laughs> he just punches everyone. Just a punching world tour. It's yeah. it's literally the Wu Tang fantasy of being in a kung fu film. Film, yeah. And and so it was very reminiscent of man of the you know man in the with the iron fists because his hands were encased with uh, uru metal, as I'm sure that. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Hey, that's uh, what they have. That just sounds fun to say. Uru. Yeah, Uru. Yeah. Uru. Uru. I'm sure somebody's going to be like, actually, the pronunciation Uru. Shush. They would have to yell that out of their basement. Exactly. <laughs> Mom, I, I need you to reset the modem. I need a comment on the Marvelous page. That guy, Doug, said something that was very incorrect, and I need to uh, correct him. Also, I'll send down more Cheetos. <laughs> more Mandu, <Mandu-pleak>. please. <laughs> Why did I attempt to drink liquids at that moment? Because <laughs> you don't know what's happening. With the, but again, you reminded me of something else. Again, with that font of the, the old style writing and stuff, that's just tough for me. I'm sorry to, to actually kind of read, which yeah. I encountered recently in the uh, was it IDW Ragnarok mm. series. By Walt Simonson. Yeah. By Walt Simonson, yeah. I'd seen that recently there and stuff, and I think even further back in the Thor, regular comics refer- references to that a, too. A Beowulf had a series also that okay. somebody did did the same thing. Yeah, and I, I do too. I have. A, I mean, I get it. It has a kind of an artsy flavor to it, but I I would just rather just be able to read it. Yeah, Keep maybe it. change it like they do when when demons speak, Ghost Rider or otherwise, and they change. The font, the, the the shakiness of the balloon, and and that kind of thing. Yeah, I think I think they could find a probably a more legible way to do it, but they won't. Italics, maybe on a slant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they could probably do something with it, like with the speech balloon itself. Yep. You know, I think that they could they could make it more of a visual on the balloon rather than the lettering. But I think you know, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I, I like it. How about, My vision's you know still what? good. I want to bring a fun, what I think is a fun part up sort of and a comic relief to the heaviness of this film is Bruce as uh, Veronica in the, in the 
Hulkbuster outfit. Oh, cost, yeah. Uh, costume oh, and that armor was, and stuff. That was so funny. Just a turnaround, you know, just like yeah. in, earlier in the film where, where Loki's telling Thanos, first, I'm not an Asgardian, and we have a Hulk, going back to the first right. Oh, I love movie. that little nod. That little was things so like great. that are just so cool. And then Bruce, as, as the Hulkbuster, fighting with one arm, as it were, yeah. and, and saying, yeah, take that, whatever, you know, and just having, having a ball with it. No, I think that was, I want, that was really great. I mean, it, here's the one thing I, I, I think is that you know, all these characters have mental problems. And Hulk's serious mental problem is is that, uh, you know, he, he's not two people. Somebody just needs to tell Bruce Banner that. And I think that's where they're trying to go. Mm. Is that uh, he's starting to split into two people? No. Yeah, well, two that personalities. He, that, no, he treats Hulk as a different person. He goes, come on, big guy. He's not a big guy. He's you. Yeah. yeah. It's not a different person. Yeah. Somebody didn't come and possess you to, and become the Hulk. You know, uh, it's now, something within you that you always had that is right. now given powers. But obviously, he doesn't get to experience what Hulk gets to experience. Now, in the outfit, he was able to, and I, had a lot I of agree fun with you it. that it, he had a lot of fun with it, and that was a lot of fun for me to watch. Yeah. yeah. One plot hole: Thanos throws him into a mountain, and I don't mean like, oh, here you're in a crater in a mountain. No, he straight up melts him into the into the mountain. He he phases him through the stone. And then 30 seconds later, he's standing up, you know, he's walking up in the suit with the, the, it's just, uh, how Mm -hmm. you didn't show him breaking free of the stone. And he was, he was really jammed in there. Like all you could see was the helmet and one arm. Yeah. Like it was very, only had one arm at that point. Well, you know, you see like the hand, you know, he phases them in and then they, they cut, they pan to something else. And it's just like, uh. Are we going to get a deleted scene where we see him trying to get out of that? Because I don't think the suit's making out of it. You know, like, yeah. he could probably get enough out that he could eject, but I don't think the whole suit's coming out. Yeah. That was, like, the one thing that, Edited like, in the movie, I, yeah, that was the one thing in the movie I was like, uh, hmm. Huh, I didn't even, I didn't even, that part see, that, didn't That's, again, on a repeated like, viewing, that's going to, you know, more things will come out. Yeah. Kind of thing. But there's one thing that Peter and I had spoken about on the ride down here, and that is with Peter Quill. Oh, boy. And I was actually just about to bring that it, up. It, when <laughs> it looked like they had Thanos. Yeah. Quill's well, they got him. the best they of definitely them. definitely had him. A and, lot of people have complained about this scene, and I'm, of course, I'm the guy with the Star-Lord tattoo, and I will defend this vehemently. He's the guy. Yeah. I, I am that guy. But I'm sorry, but when... If you've ever cared and loved someone that much, yeah, your emotions are going to go over and you're going to be like, no, it's true to the I character. maybe don't think for I'm boom. That's where I'm at. I'm, I'm like, that's why I really think they did, you know, what I said earlier that that it carries through. Star Lord's not the kind of guy that it would just hold his anger no, and, especially... and, and wait to, to win and then take it to him. He's a very impulsive character. But why couldn't you wait five seconds? Come on. He couldn't. Well, this is a turnaround from his character going back to his boyhood when he wouldn't take his mother's, his dying mother's hand. Right. Right. So maybe right, he's right. learned things along his lifetime. And also in, in Guardians of the Galaxy Two, you see how much he loves Gamora. Like he, she is really his centric focus. The only thing that pulled his, his focus away from her was his demigodhood that he got for 0.5 seconds, mm-hmm. and then he lost it. Yeah. So yeah. so you know he. He lives, eats, and breeds her. He gets super jealous when she's feeling Thor up, and yeah, I you know. think that that was a good that was good to put that in there because yeah. it kind of really, you know, helps to solidify that for later on. 
There was also a discussion recently about how he is very emotional, and it bothered him also because everyone, all the Guardians went close to that pirate angel, Thor, and... You know, immediately, whereas everyone took time to get accustomed to him and that that hurt him, you know, so seeing that, yeah, it's going to bother a guy. And you knew it was going to happen, too, even though he was being warned. We almost have this off between what Iron Man and Spider-Man almost having the gauntlet off. Don't do this, you know. But you knew it was it was going to happen, which is hilarious. Again, like one more thing lifted from the comics. Like I remember seeing like a cover recently where it's all the characters like holding down Thanos, and you see Iron Man grabbing Thanos's legs, and like other characters like up top, you know, grabbing his shoulders. I'm like, I'm loving the simple homages to these comics. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Like yeah. right down to, yeah, yeah. come not, on, yeah. Only he could do that because this gauntlet with us is, is not happening. No snapping going on. Yeah, but the articulation is... Marvel yeah, Legends is really needs to step their game up. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, you know, snap, the sound of a snap comes from the finger hitting the palm. does not come from the fingers actually, you know, the friction between the fingers. So in a golden gauntlet, probably not going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's a comic. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, so, right. But also, um, one of the things that I bring up when it comes to my theories as far as what actually happened... One of my theories is that the gauntlet didn't work the way that he thought it did, because that's not how the force or the gauntlet works. Right, right. Well, the thing is that like it doesn't have an instruction manual. Mm-hmm. They're just told gather the gems, put them in the gauntlet. You have all the power. Actually, you can get the uh, instruction manual with the downloadable app. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> For fifteen ninety nine. Got it. Thanks, iTunes. You, Actually, you only can... fourteen <laughs> in app purchases. You, you can if you get the collector's edition, you get the full art. Yeah, exactly. and how it was made. So, so the thing is that like he didn't really know how the whole thing worked, which is why, you know, it. He waited until after Vision blew up to turn back time, and he's he he looked everything he did with the gauntlet looked clunky except for the power stone in the beginning because he'd had the power stone for a little bit. He'd understood kind of how it worked. The space stone, the first time he used it, it looked a little awkward, and then after that, he figured it out. But every stone after that kind of came rapid fire. He didn't really have a chance to understand fully the power of it, except for in the collectors. But I, who knows how long he had been there waiting. So with every acquisition, apparently he got himself like an electrocution uh, or went through that little phase just to show the dramatic impact, I guess, of it. Right. If nothing of, else. Right. Not that, know, it really, not that it really hurt him, I guess, well, per se. Well, normal people can't, hold, can't even touch Infinity Gems, let alone you know, use them. You right. know, Peter Quill is one of those people because he has, you know, the, the, uh, the celestial in his, in his, you yeah. know. So, and you notice that after he snaps his fingers, I don't know if you notice this, the gauntlet is completely demolished. Pretty disintegrated except for the stones, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just like it's torn up, it's blackened, it's peeling, and then they show him later and he's not wearing it. When he goes to the place where Gamora is, he's not he's wearing it. He's not wearing it. it. And also, when he sits down... In oh, he that, didn't like, need it anymore. Right. And when he sits down in that field in like that ending scene, yeah. I don't think he's wearing the gauntlet in that either. I'd have to see that again. I, I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I couldn't so swear to that. I, my theory is that it didn't kill half the world's population because the, the manner in which that they disintegrate. There's no kill stone. Right. Well, they didn't get whatever so Killstone sounds like a 1990s comic book by the yeah way. it does <laughs> go anywhere yeah, or a okay. 2000s reboot <laughs> so three issues canceled three issues canceled three issues canceled uh, so you know when he's when when he's in the collector's collection right. whatever okay. yeah. Yeah. so when he turns Mantis in the ribbons and he cuts Drax in the quarters the physicality of what he did to them 
if you look on the inside of them, is the same color as the dust when the people disintegrate. Wow, that's paying really close attention. Yeah, that's, that's I good. never even noticed it's that. It's like it's almost blood colored, but it's not. So if you look on the inside of Mantis's ribbons, it's the same color as the inside of Drax's cubes. Mm. It's the same color as the dust, that kind of like dirt brown mixed with blood, like dirt and blood mixed together, that kind of color. And so I think that it was the power stone amplifying the reality stone in and at the same time using the mind stone to make these people believe that they're dead. Oh, okay. Like I think that like each of the stones did something, mm-hmm. but I don't think that it killed them. If anything, I think they're stored in the soul stone. That's my well, my like I can see conspiracy that. Right, theory. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And not wearing the glove after mm. every after the snap. Yeah, I'll have to back up to the snap for a second. But why would he need? No, to, yeah, why no would he need purpose. to wear it? It did uh, its job. It's just security. Security. It's the same reason he kept the gauntlet on when he was fighting the Hulk. Because if he really wanted, if he really wanted blood sport, he would have taken it off and had a fair fight. Did he had nobody else there to challenge him. Did you say blood sport? No, yeah. Like JCVD? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where he but just there's... randomly turns into a bizarre-looking child in the flashback. That doesn't look at all like him. <laughs> but there, I think, going to the snap part again, is a, is a group and a song that could have possibly been used. You said this, a, and I was dying. Thing, more of a comical thing. Maybe so it wouldn't have fit the tone of the movie, perhaps. But the it song, <laughs> The Power, from Snap. Ah. From like 1990, I believe it is. And, uh, My birth You wouldn't see a dancing Thanos, though, around like that. Like, you know, I'm, oh, well, I mean, everybody, just, everybody saw the video great. of uh, Thanos coming out of the portal, bobbing his head with the Vetus helmet on. I have, I have not seen that. I've, I might no. need to My see life, that. My life is not complete. Oh, man, it's hilarious. Have you ever seen a man eat his own head? N- no. Then you're... Come on. Oh, man. That'd be, that'd be interesting. I'd be. I'm thinking way too hard on that visual. This, here's that's, the, that's the line that Thor that was told to Thor. You should have gone gone for the head. Head, yeah. <laughs> what I didn't understand was the well, how when he left there, that she's no longer in ribbons and he's no longer cubes. Yeah, they've reassembled. They've completely reassembled. It's not a. It's not permanent. I think he released it. I don't think it has to do with proximity. But why? Why would he? Why would he release it? I don't. He doesn't care. It was a warning shot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Thanos, in all of the fighting, you don't really see Thanos look worried at all. He's probably the most confident person in the MCU. Even when he's being subdued by all all the assembled characters, saying I I had to, you know, do what he did, that kind of thing, and but no regret or no fear. Puts his hands in his side. I had to do it to him. (laughs) (laughs) So since. So since he had the time stone, mm-hmm. wouldn't he also know the only way that they could beat him? Going back to what I said about Thanos not knowing right, how to right, use going the stones. Back, that's, well, that's what we're doing. We're doing a time stone yeah. thing. And yeah. just like he himself did to, to reassemble the stone in Vision's head yeah. so that it wouldn't have gotten disintegrated. Man, he got to kill him twice. Carl- yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah. In two very brutal ways. Oh. Like, oh, uh, nuke, and then, uh, no, I'm just going to rip your brain straight out of your body. And that was brutal. That, that was really brutal. That was, probably, that one was, the wor- that was one, probably one of the worst things. But you, so you can do that to something that's mechanical. And then, oh, yeah. yeah. Right, and still be a PG. Yeah. He, couldn't have, he couldn't have taken the frontal lobe of somebody, no. reached in and grabbed it and pulled it out nope. Nope. of a regular human being, because that would get an R rating. Especially because, like, you even, watch, you even watch his body drain of color, literally drain yes. of color, and he goes gray. I thought that was really well done. 
Bond. That was and it was it was not uh, so bad to see uh, Rocket give Thor a new eye and and have that you know work out. Well, that's not oh good. my goodness the. the the joke I, about where Rocket had to smuggle the eye from, <laughs> and the fact that the eye was brown. Yes. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that pun was so well done. Yeah. Oh. I'm not familiar with that from the comics. If it is added to, if it's from, I'm not the joke itself, but the eye. This, you know. No, no, no. Just, I just keep thinking of. No, when he gets his eye back, he just gets his eye back. Like in in right. any of the stories where he's lost his eye, he just mm. gets it back. He just regenerates it. So like, and the the eye that Rocket has is the guy's eye from the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. I guess I didn't see the first one, unfortunately. Right. Really, I got to read oh, all the cliff so notes good. on it. Yeah, <laughs> there are some okay. movies that just like. I'm here six and a half days a week. I don't really get a lot of time to go out to the movies, so I either read Cliff Notes or I just skip them. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I was lucky to get out to see Infinity War. Shout out to Josh for holding down the shot. Absolutely. What up, Josh? Should Wherever we go through are. the body count? Oh, boy. So How high can you count? 17. <laughs> so picture this. Oh, movies. Well, we don't even know everybody, right? Because it doesn't show everybody from the Marvel Universe in, in that movie. Uh, it shows a good amount of them. No, but we we don't know if at the end the timeline of the Ant Man movie coming up. We don't know if the end of that is going to be the end of, you know, the movie begins where he's getting lo- put on house arrest, right? Yeah. yeah. Which in the Infinity War he's already been under house arrest. Right. So like I, if if that's the case, if that's the timeline, w- then their their storyline like they're gonna need to come up with a real compelling reason for why they're fighting thugs in a kitchen. Like when Yellow Jacket runs along the edge of the knife, like it's a really cool scene. But if people are freaking disintegrating, I think you got bigger problems than like the Yakuza. Or the hand. I'm pretty sure. Or the hand. Or or whoever it might be. I think that you got bigger problems than like some guy who's good at kung fu in a kitchen. I think it has been said, yes, that the the new Ant-Man and Wasp movie will be set in the 90s before the events of Infinity War. So, No, no, Captain Marvel is set in the 90s. Um Oh, thank I goodness. That's why the also... beeper makes sense. The, the fact yeah. that the, the communicator is okay. a beeper. Now, sending okay. it back in time. One comment made that, you know, I'm going to do two things. One, with Ant-Man and the Wasp, somebody made this meme and threw it in Marvel Shield posting. And it, it made me laugh so hard because this is what this is what it is. Ant-Man and the Wasp is the equivalent of the uh, episode of The Simpsons where Homer is doing the roast of Mr. Burns mm-hmm. and opens with... Are you ready to laugh? Quiet, you awful man. That's what this movie is right now <laughs> yeah. after Infinity War. Yeah. yeah. Now, going back over to the whole body count thing. Half. Like I said, picture it. I'm sitting there in the movie, waiting for the movie to start. I'm dressed in costume as Star-Lord. Like half-assed costume. Opening scene. Ah, it's Star-Lord. I got nothing to worry about. Two hours and 48 minutes later, to quote Sam Jackson in the post credit scene, mother... <laughs> you could only imagine how I felt at that yeah. moment. Yeah. Um, but you have to include... We had said this ourselves, Peter and I, about Heimdall and Loki being the first two, you know, casualties. Man, those did those came out of left field. Now, yeah. well, not Heimdall because Heim- did I don't think that Thanos was the one who killed him. I think it was Corvus Glaive who killed him. Was it not? From, was it uh, Thanos? Oh, it is Thanos, Thanos with the glaive. Oh, that's right. He uses the glaive. That's why I got got my wires. Glaive and yeah. So he uh, <laughs> yeah. Loki's not dead. 
going to go ahead and throw that out there. Loki's not dead. Or if he is dead, he's perma-dead. Like no, it's, they, he's Schrodinger's god right now. He's just he's, no, he's simultaneously dead Nor- and alive. Norse gods are never perma-dead because they have Ragnarok and they all come back. Right, but even Thanos said no more... Yeah, no more resurrections. You're not coming back this time. Um, if he can control that, yeah, exactly. I don't know if he can control that. Power stone. Okay, maybe he can control it. Yeah. <laughs> but I think the first disintegration death is uh, Winter Soldier. Bucky. Yeah, it was. Yeah. 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 Uh, White and Wolf. the arm okay. went with him. Yeah. Poor Rocket, man. Uh, that, so, vibranium's yeah. not immune. So I think this is... Have you, have you either of you seen The Last Jedi? E, no. Yeah, I have. You know what happens with Luke, right? Yes. When you see the disintegration or the yeah. fade away, do, do you care enough? Ah, go for he it. Doesn't. So basically, he Thanks. he forced. He grew, the, up, he grew up during the bad bad era. <laughs> <laughs> I remember loving the Phantom Menace. <laughs> now this is podcasting. So when he ends up disintegrating, somebody made a point like, "Wait a minute." What happened to the hand? Because it would have been slowly fading of the cowl or whatever, and then you hear clang. Right. So I guess even that dis- you know force disintegrated. Correct. So yeah, that I was think, a story. I, th- I think that there's something to be. I said. think it was just. I actually think it would have been amazing had they thought of that and actually left added that with just a little clang. Yeah, but it, it removed you from the moment of like the super serious thing, and you just hear clang. Oh, I, th- I think, or, no, I think I it's like, like the it bells. Enhanced it. It's like the toning of the of the the tolling of the bell, bell, like the death yeah. the death toll. Okay, but sure. Yeah. yeah no. Um, I mean, they, I dig that. If they had closed, if they had closed in on the on the hand falling, I, I know I didn't see the scene. Or, or put whatever. it in as a muffled. And then, like, they kick over the the robe, kind of like you know Darth Vader being like, uh, <laughs> Ben Kenobi, are you dead? Like you know, like checking, just like poking it with a stick, just like, are you gonna pop up and surprise me? I hate jump scares. Like <laughs> you know, like you know, just a close up moment where they where you saw the hand. That would have been super profound if they had added that in. If they decided to go with the the whole, you know. Yeah. But like you know, same with Bucky. Same with Bucky and losing. You this know, is losing why my theory is is that they're not in a soul stone, uh, soul stone, but it's in they that it is in the reality stone. It is a change in reality. That they they've just the been and they've not now. been they've right <laughs> they've been they've been removed from this reality, uh, not their history because everybody remembers them because they're all mourning them, but but just from this timeline at this point. Oh, so, I can't wait for Scarlet Witch to say no more mutants. <laughs> she was one of the. Well, she was one of the fatalities. Yeah, at least it's as far as this goes. Yeah, but side note with Doug saying jump scare it just threw me right into Halloween, and decorating. I remember and Halloween doing, and doing a scare event. Are you a Halloween fan also? Oh, huge. There we go. Yeah. Enough said. Tip for now. Thank you, Stan. <laughs> okay. So Any excuse to terrorize people. We've got Black Panther. <laughs> we've got Mantis, Scarlet Witch, Vision, Spider-Man. Wait. I think oh, a go- I think- I, Spider-Man, I think, I'm not going in order because it wasn't given to me in order. Yeah, that's fine. But I think the Spider-Man was a bit of a tug at the heartstrings. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah no. At least the, got, the first time, the second character. time, not so much. I knew what to expect, but... Almost, got a, almost got a tear out of me. Yes. My seven-year-old was... A wreck, a wreck, <laughs> and uh, I think the part of my theory on why I don't think they're dead is because of how long he held on. Everyone else just like, what? Boom, gone. What? Boom, gone. Yeah. I, gone. Okay. He was like, something's going wrong. 
I don't know why I don't feel well. Talking about Samuel L. Jackson lasts the longest. No. He ran around the car, into his bag, <laughs> around in the back of the car. He went to get his groceries. But the whole time that Spider-Man is delivering these lines, you see pieces of him flaking away. Samuel L. Jackson, Nick Fury, you don't see disintegrate I, right. until at the end. It's, you know, it's just one arm. He's the very last one, Nick Fury, yes, that we see in there. But let's not forget Strange, Falcon, Drax, Star-Lord, and Groot. And, well, we had Gamora, of course, off the cliff. <laughs> yeah. But alt- and, and Maria Hill yeah, in, yeah. in the end credit. But, but the very, very last quote-unquote death is the title of the movie. The Avengers. Avengers yeah. Infinity War. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It disintegrated. Even I thought that was a nice started. touch. I thought Very, that was a really nice touch. If you didn't touch. pick it up, right? Oh, yeah. 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 But, you know, it's just the, like in, as in the dust yeah. blowing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think Maria Hill disintegrating makes sense because uh, now Ted Mosby can finally meet their mother. <laughs> wow. <Yeah. laughs> she didn't end up being the mother. No, no, no. But, like, Who she's out of the picture. Ah, Get it? But now here's the thing, going back to the Spider-Man scene. Now, you have to factor this in of why the severity of it all. Think about it. You're a teenage kid. You end up experiencing that death, the concept. You don't want that to happen. And then on top of that, the spider senses where he's realizing what's going on. Something bad's happening. Oh, yeah. It makes it even worse. Yeah, his brain was on DEFCON 5 that whole time. Yeah. And like, <laughs> okay, and like yeah. I had a near-death experience last year. I ended up getting Did- hospitalized and like... I was, you know, uh, I had a throat infection and ended up closing my throat. And uh, I'm, I'm in my shower trying to break up, you know, the, the mucus so I could breathe. And all of a sudden everything goes black. And I'm like on my hands and knees in the shower and I'm shaking. And like, I feel like this is it. Like, I'm about to die. Like, my daughter's downstairs. I haven't even gotten a chance to say good morning to her. Like, this is it. So, like, that fear magnified by a thousand from spider senses, like, I couldn't even mm. imagine. That's part of what, like, really struck a chord with me. Does it? Bucky was the first to die. He's the oldest. And then the last one... Cap, who the, lives, though. We, we get to that list, but... Uh, but Spider-Man actually could have been the last to die because that cutscene, we don't know the timeline of that cutscene. Just because right. it's at the end of the movie, it could be happening. It's af- obviously oh, it's definitely already happening. Simultaneously right. with what's going on Right, the last that we're shown. Wakanda. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's more like it. The funniest thing is, though, out of all of the deaths that happen, and I'll use that in quotes, deaths, the one that hurt the most, because once you realize what happens with that scene, there's two. And I feel the one for Drax and the one for Groot are both the saddest ones. Next to, you know, Spider-Man, of course. Drax, he's going, Quill? Because he's asking Star-Lord, you you have a plan for this, right? We're going to be okay, right? Right. And even Star Lord doesn't have a you know a fix right. for this. That and like it's it seems like a moment where like Drax has never really respected Peter. Like yeah. he's made fun of him and mocked him <laughs> yeah. throughout their their compatriotism. Uh, and I think but he still values you know his. But he was invisible as a leader. He was invisible, also, right? <laughs> <And> <laughs> he was there the whole hour. Great bit. My, my great movements bit. are so slow that they are imperceptible to the eye. How long have you been here? An hour. <laughs> But the thing about also that thing is he never listened to Iron Man when Iron Man was giving his orders, you know, saying what to do. The whole time he's just sitting there with, you know, Mantis just doing whatever. But when Star-Lord had a plan, he's attentive, he's listening because he respects him. He knows him. Yeah. And regardless of, you know, all the things, he still respects his opinion. The other one that's very emotional is Groot's death because he, you know, you hear him go, I am Groot. Apparently, according to director James Gunn, what he's actually saying is dad to Rocket. 
Yeah, so oh, that really man. hurts. Ooh, that that that's a, sucks. That's a rewatch there. That hurts really bad. Wow. Yeah. I'm glad I didn't read yeah. that quote. No, man. <laughs> and I'm going to be thinking about that the rest of the night. Speaking of James Gunn, by the way, we end up having a lot of the directors. Uh, Taiki Watiti. How do, you, how do you pronounce that guy's name? I have no I, idea. I heard it recently, and it was it's I won't a great, it. It's a wonderful name. It's a really wonderful place, too. It's a wonderful life. <laughs> okay, Jimmy. Stewart. Clarence, take me back. I've changed. Please. Yeah, Thanos is gonna be. Yeah, Thanos is gonna be sitting like, there just like I too? made a mistake. I made a mistake. I made a mistake. I'm so alone. I made a huge mistake. Yeah. It's... Merry Christmas, Mr. Potter. <laughs> <laughs> what was I going with before we just delved I don't into? No, you go and I go and well, the saddest deaths the, you had. The, the... Well, we had the directors. Yeah, well, the directors. The directors actually had a lot of input in the character's direction for this movie. So you have the Russo brothers, con- you know, consoling, consulting with Taiki Waititi. Also consoling. Let's be real. Yes, pretty much. You also have him talking to James Gunn. You have him talking to Ryan Coogler. And he, they wanted to make these characters as true to those forms as humanly possible right. to match the tone. And I thought that was great. You know, when you see the Guardians show up and the song playing is a song picked by James Gunn, the Spinner's Rubber Band Man. He nailed the tone of those characters. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Right down to the, you know, sing it, Drax, and Drax is just sleeping. sleeping. More of them are joined in, at least, in singing along, especially, well, Gamora, first and foremost, but yeah. I've seen on YouTube, there's actually fan reactions. Like, they have audio of the scenes. Like, you see, you hear the audience react to the Guardians showing up. Nothing but cheers, and it's the coolest thing you'd ever listen to. I got to see... I went out to East Stroudsburg. Brian Halloran was uh, and David Madison were doing an opening for the theater there. It's a single movie theater. I guess they've just been redone, and they're they're trying to get people back downtown. And so they did the you know a little bit of Q and A and stuff, and and uh, and it was a lot of fun. But it was all like super nerds. It was packed with like nerd. So like every thing that happened in a lot that of empty movie. basements that night oh yes sir and, and but the reactions in the theater were fantastic all real yeah. comic book people and like when captain america shows up people standing up and cheering i like i miss that when i was a kid people did that at the movies all the time it is gone away mm. and it is great when it happens it's so great to to be involved in it why is it that steve rogers is obsessed with emerging from shadow I just really like dramatic introductions It's just always just That's right It's me It's like Drax How long have you been standing there Like how long were you waiting in the darkness Steve Rogers Like how long the star on his chest is dark Yeah Yeah well that's because it's underneath a new suit Okay He's wearing He's wearing the old suit Underneath the new suit Which is underneath another suit Exactly Wow. He tears it off. This isn't Steve Rogers. It's what? Thanos. I do, I do think that a lot of people were disappointed that Black Widow did not have a her regular outfit on. Um, I don't really care. I was more concerned with why blonde. Like maybe it's an aging thing. It's a hairstyle change with the times. Well, uh, she was also that's right. She was also a fugitive. Yeah. So, so that's that, how they like, can that, change. But yeah, probably so. because she didn't want to dye her hair red. <laughs> Right? Yeah, yeah it gets old. They work it in somehow, you know. And it, I, I don't think even maybe Captain America had as big of a role as I thought he would have had. So much going back the over balance the, of the. I'm sorry, the balance mm-hmm. of the different characters 
probably very tough to to do. But I think they treated him pretty much. Yeah, every, equally. I feel like everybody got pretty pretty equal. You know, you had time. different scenes with Thor and so on, and so yeah. he was significant, especially towards the end, of course. The opening. Um, how do they do Black Panther two though? That's my question. Um, with a camera before <laughs> before Infinity War, I, another uh, time thing. I, who's going to want to see it if it's before Infinity War? Um, uh, me, me. Yeah, well, yeah. there are good I characters. It's it. great, but it's awful hard to watch when you know he's going to be dead and at the end of it. I mean, I th- there. Have eight. you never seen John dies at the end? Does it's he literally not? in the title? No. Uh, Spoilers. Yeah. The whole movie. So we want to run through who's left Who's left at the end of this for just for... Yeah. Before we you know. go over who's left. Yeah. I think that one of the best things that they could have done as far as Vision goes was give us the false hope. Like, they really made us believe that this plan was going to work. Yeah. That they were going to be able to disconnect the mind gem and he was going to be able to exist independently from it. And they almost finish it and then nope. it hits the fan and then, uh, and then, the and then again. We, yeah, exactly. And then we watch him die twice, just in case we didn't catch the impact yeah. the first time when everyone got nuked by the mind gem. Whoops! By the way, Scarlet Witch, you what? <laughs> the, that amount of raw power. But anyway, so Most we watch him. Yeah, we watch him get universe. nuked, and then we watch him just get his entire life ripped out of his forehead. It was. I, but the, the the false hope beforehand really drove that nail into the coffin. No mm-hmm. pun intended. Just mm-hmm. wham. You thought so, but no. Nothing good is happening in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> you are not getting the happy ending. The heroes are not winning. You've had 10 years of it. No more. Which, by the way, everyone's compared this movie to Empire Strikes Back, and I'm inclined to agree. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. It yep. is definitely MCU's uh, Empire Strikes Back, which... Which instead of end, well, kind of is the last one before we see a next one. But there was a long build to it, whereas in you know there was only two other movies before. So, Avengers uh, Four: Return of the yeah. Thor's Brown Eye. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's, an, it's his eyes actually brown, and yeah, he's got the David Bowie thing going went on. Back to it again. Cutting room titles. <laughs> 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 Which, speaking of titles, by the way, everyone's going on suggesting what the title's going to be. I've heard, apparently, the title is going to be in... You know, it was mentioned in the movie, so it's been speculated, Avengers Endgame. And then I've also heard it's not in the movie. So, and apparently it's going to be something, quote-unquote, scary. Avengers Disassembled? I I could see that. I mean, that was a storyline. Marvel Zombies. Oh, God, please (laughs) give me that movie. Ash versus Marvel Zombies. Oh my! I love that series so much. <laughs> Hail to the king, baby. Groovy. So, uh, wow. so who is left? We've got uh, among all things Nebula, of course Iron Man, who's able to heal his wound, or with Thanos sparing him. Uh, Captain America, Thor, Black Widow, War Machine is left, Rocket, Raccoon, and Hulk slash Banner. And the ones that you don't see that you know are still in the universe themselves would be uh, well, Ant Man, the Wasp. Mm-hmm. The Potentially forthcoming Captain Marvel and Hawkeye. Hawkeye? I love Hawkeye. I know. You love saying his name that way too. <laughs> but do. he doesn't have a movie coming up. I heard he no. doesn't have a contract. Jeremy Renner's a good actor. He'll he'll figure it out. So the speculation with Hawkeye right now is and I keep saying that because I just love calling him that. But <laughs> hey, I'm a mad fraction guy. But basically the idea is that it's gonna be like Ronan, where he watched his family die. Yeah. And he now becomes the road, and now he's pissed. Yeah. Oh, if they That's... bring the Ronan figure in, he was really good. 
That was a really well written. I need to see that. I want to read that run so badly. Uh, are we talking the original Ronin, or are we talking the second run in Ronin when it was Echo? No, Hawk Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Oh, okay, right. Because there were talking new Avengers Ronin, right? No, he's not. Because that was Echo. Him. That was Echo. Okay. Which was a really bad reveal because nobody even knows who. It's, what comic book is she in now? Yes. She died. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> She, she well, exactly. They kill her off because what, what? What's her first appearance? Where was she from before? Like she just was like a nobody. Yeah. It's almost like a red shirt. But Ronan, Star Trek but Ronan, Ronan was a really cool character. <laughs> so if they bring Hawkeye back and he becomes Ronan, that'd be really great. Um, I think that Nebula deserved to live. She's been put through enough, especially by Thanos. Yes, correct. She's yeah. another villain that you felt bad for. And uh, and yeah, I think she had a change of heart. Well, I think she had. Enough for I think she had a change of heart when it was suspended from her body. <laughs> <But> <laughs> more so now it. than than it, it was leading towards towards her turning more. Right, right. I think too, in Guardians of the Galaxy is when they when she had the turn. She had the turn with you know. Yeah, I actually had a conversation yeah. earlier today about the scene with Nebula and she, this person. She texted me, "Would Nebula have survived the fall and finally be better than Gamora at something though?" <laughs> yeah, to, all to thanks which... to Thanos replacing parts of her with metal. Yeah, yeah. And uh, be do we you know... really care that War Machine is still around? Hey, he's got legs. Uh, yeah. Well, kind of. The yeah. most Wakanda? impressive Wakanda legs? Oh. No, Ooh. Black Panther didn't want to help him out. Hey, yeah. they're gonna, maybe they're going to upgrade the War Machine in Wakanda. No, no. Maybe John Bernthal is going to show up and steal the armor because <laughs> that has been an oh. amazing run right now. Is punish in the? Oh my Punisher God! War Machine. So recently, Punisher stole War Machine's armor, went to Chernaya, and just like killed everyone, annihilated everything. Yeah, <laughs> and then comes back and is fighting street thugs. Please tell me you guys have that run because I kind of yes. want to get. Yeah, the, we have uh, most of the issues. I want to read them. Yeah. Well, Peter, you mentioned something that just triggered a thought too, and that was about uh, killing, watching a, a f- whole family being killed, and that just threw me back to the beginning of Infinity War, pretty much, with Thanos among all the destruction that he's landed on what Asgard, I I think, and holding, place. holding Thor by the head. Yeah. And right away, I think the feeling I got was, oh, man, we're in bad shape already. Yeah. From the beginning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is not, you know, starting off well at all. No, they didn't ease us into it. How did they, we get here? Yeah. You know, like, what happened? Do, do, do I want to see what happened up to this point? Yeah, you know? we, got, we, we didn't get, you know, we weren't awakened by, you know, it's not like waking up with, like, you know, soothing music Mm-mm. to wake you up. It's... If somebody came in and hit you in the face with a with a spiked bat, like that's how you woke up. This is how your day started. It's a serious, um, you know, choice to start out in space. We don't know why the Asgardians are there. Were they chasing Thanos, or is Thanos, Thanos chasing them? I think we can assume Thanos chasing since he was looking for the Tesseract. The Tesseract. Right. Yeah. I think that Loki, the 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 way that Loki acted was was pretty spot on it was pretty great yeah where he's just like oh hey look i'm being slimy i'm being slimy oh yeah mischievous if not you know worse than mischievous but that's his namesake yeah my you know honestly one of my favorite things is with the opening is the chilling quote by ebony maw where he basically goes on smile because even in death you've become children of thanos just that whole rejoice yeah it's so ominous and creepy and it, yeah. but it's my favorite part of the movie just you know who he reminds me of the the old man from poltergeist okay yeah yeah mm-hmm. the reverend with the with the hat and the, just he had that that very 
cold, creepy, religious. The zealous, the just like zealot, the total yeah. zealot. Just uh, that children of Thanos line too. It's yeah, just yeah. even in death. You know, I'm, I'm throwing a strange parallel to not not Stephen, but but to the the series on American Horror Story with Evan Peters' character being the leader of oh the of, cult one. I haven't seen that yeah. one yet. I want to okay. watch that part. Okay. I, I, I hated sorry, Hotel. Sorry, over. <laughs> sorry, but yeah, I hated Hotel. I, I got to watch. That I, I just persevered like through all of them, and uh, you know, different storylines. The first one, the first series. I'm Murder sorry, House is hands down the best. Best, best one yeah. all because you don't expect. Everybody to die, yeah, right, kind of thing, and uh, and the second season going the same direction. Spoilers. <laughs> How many seasons ago? It's, yeah. it's been out so long. Yeah, it's been out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Eddie, can you spoil Mash for me? <laughs> uh, they're all in the military. That. Oh, good. <laughs> the war, the war, sort of ends. We kind of won. It was not. We didn't win. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't Nam. It was uh, Korea. We didn't Korea. Mash was Korea. Mash was Korea, and we, we, did still, not we also didn't win that. We also didn't win that. Back no, to back no. World War champs haven't won a war since. I was in the last war we won. <laughs> we oh didn't, boy, that wasn't a war. Ask the Bush family. Um, so uh, by the time we get to the end, I was going to say though, can we make an assumption that the vehicle that swerved in front of Fury and Maria Hill? Was someone who also disintegrated? Yes. yes. Well, well, I mean, he obviously. He wasn't in the vehicle. The person yeah. wasn't in the vehicle, the driver. And, and they were conversing, though, about bo- multiple bogey distress type thing coming out of Wakanda. Yeah. So they were knowing that something was going on over there type of thing. So, yes, yeah, somewhat simultaneous things happening. People, you know, half the universe being wiped out, all that kind of kind of thing. And I think you only saw, did you see other people uh disintegrating also besides Maria and yeah and you Fury. see them in the background they, you see they people were like running for their lives I mean I know the helicopter, the helicopter crashing yeah, into the yeah. building but but other people I wasn't sure if that mattered or if you saw that yeah and and uh, just wonder a great you know all things considered way to to end that in the signal going out and only the comic book people at, at this point are going to know uh, maybe not only the, the technology of the transmitter beeper that fury is now drops since he's disintegrated and it's sending and there's the signal that yeah. you you know it's a star there and then it has the red and blue striping next to it on either side of it and then you, somebody has to say what is that what does that mean you know yeah. i loved hearing like during the initial showing i went to the first one for a thursday showing you just hear oh and i'm like that you are my people <laughs> <laughs> well the thing that happened when we had seen it during east coast comic-con that friday night at midnight saturday morning it was like two in the morning by then when it was over 245 was with the ending thanos scene and it going to <gasps> to black some girls in front of us going what you know like that's it <laughs> and hell yeah that, you know yeah it, a lot hell of people yeah. were thinking the same exact thing they've been they've been Force-fed, happy endings. I've never loved an ending up. to a movie. All right, so one of my favorite movies is called Dog Pound. Okay, it's about these kids in juvie. I won't spoil anything else. Has a like you. I won't. I won't. But similar kind of thing where the movie just ends. It just cuts to black, and you're just like, what? <laughs> That's how you end that movie. And like, is it anything I'm, like the great Shia LaBeouf movie Holes? Oh, I just love Shia no. LaBeouf. God, <laughs> so I love so, saying the name. Just, just, face up, 
front. <laughs> one of my actual favorite... cannibal Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> one of my favorite things is if you go to my Instagram, I actually recently got a copy of the Indiana Jones Blu-ray collection, and I'm just going, dun da 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 dun da. I'm flipping through the pages, and then I finally get to Crystal Skull and go, dun da da da, Shia LaBeouf, Shia LaBeouf, and I'm just zooming in on his face. Shia LaBeouf, Shia LaBeouf, Shia LaBeouf, Shia LaBeouf. It's my favorite thing I've ever done in my life. So it's just uh, <laughs> you lie. You know, I mean, so, Eddie, it's so, up there. so that that <laughs> ending, that ending, like I love movies that do that. It's my, it's one of my favorite devices that that directors will use or that you know that they'll that they'll do in movies, and it's just it, le- so it leaves satisfying. for so much more entertainment because we can do this. Like this is more of a movie that you can sit down and really chew over. Well, also. Humans Rather than so so many other movies that right. we see, that there's just yeah. nothing you can really say about them. Oh, it, that I, was the movie. Yeah. The, I've mulled over this thing for like the past three weeks. Well, yeah. that's the thing is because like, humans by nature want closure. That's yeah. why every movie has an ending. That's why so many people talk about right, closure. Yeah, closure <laughs> yeah. doesn't actually exist. There's no such thing as closure. See, now I'm just going to uh, the Truman Show. Yeah, yeah. Boom. Okay, what else are we going to watch? <laughs> my, my thing with this whole issue of the ending and like you know how like we're just thinking about this movie still like weeks and weeks later it's i i'm just remembering like you know going that night on the wikipedia page not wikipedia but like the marvel wikia for the character of star lord and i just look at his you know description and i see the words status deceased yeah oh it hurts so much (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like this is going to be like this for a year. <laughs> but is it deceased or is it deceased? <laughs> it should yeah, be yeah. deceased and then the words question mark? Or asterisk. <laughs> Comma, maybe. I actually, I, I may have to see it a third time. I've seen it twice now. I may, Same here. I may have to see it again. Oh, the Russians may are going to get my I'm business. Missing. I'm going to be downloading a rip to net. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't come to my house. Marvel, if you're listening, he's being he's going to be getting a digital I'm, copy I'm through being Voodoo. Voodoo. I'm being facetious. And Marvel, if you're listening, I'm available for voice work. Facetious? Isn't that a breed of cat? <laughs> uh, you know, I think that they... It didn't feel like three hours. Movie yeah, it, definitely it, did not feel like three hours. There was right. a lot jam packed in there, mm. and because it was all so back to back, it always feels like three hours for a fifty year old man who has to pee every two. <laughs> Pacing <laughs> for this movie felt really yeah. good. Yeah, I yeah. was shocked yeah. for how much they put in it. Didn't feel rushed, and, and for how many people you feel that you got a taste of every everybody got their piece in it, right? Nobody, you didn't say, "Oh man, I wanted more of." Mm-hmm. And like the fight scene with, I feel like not a lot of people are going to talk about this, but the fight scene with Steve Rogers and Black Widow fighting the the members of the Black Order, where they're they're working so well in tandem and they're using the enemy's weapons against them, and just yeah, you know that was that was that was great. That's all about the Civil War. Yeah, yeah. Right? When so they fought like, together, and you know, if the Civil War doesn't happen, where they have to break off in factions and then they're hiding and fighting together, yeah, then then you know that doesn't happen. But if Doctor Strange found out that opening portals and closing them on your enemy can cut parts of them off, yeah, we gonna talk about why he didn't cut off Thanos's arm? Did that? I mean, yeah. I just think I, about the, the the Wakanda shielding um, that went up. That was in Black Panther. Now that I'm thinking of it, yeah, that reminded me of that. The the, the dome. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. what Doug says is the whole cutting the hand off during that moment. Yeah. 
Doctor Strange saw those 14 million different, you know, outcomes yeah. and that wasn't in there. Right. right so right, right, I think right. that's why. Yeah. I think I think that's basically the way that everybody is going to justify yeah, why anything, they... any plot hole to go. It, it's not in the future. It's not. It's not in the winning end game. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Why didn't he use the time gem? Not part of the plan. Well, I think he was willing. I mean, he was willing to believe that they could have won in another faction that he hadn't seen. Right. Mm. Because there's infinite. Yeah. Well, there's, there's, in, there's infinite line, possibilities, but there were only 14.6 million, that he, whatever, that he saw. That he saw there's only outcomes to them fighting him. Yep. Right. right. Yep. So up until the time where he dis- he knows he's going to have to give up the time gem and he's going to disappear, he's going to be killed, he has to go along with possibilities of winning in another way that he hadn't seen yet. Right. But once it gets to a point you that he's not going to be around. He has to trust. He has to trust the one way he's going to win, that right. they're going to win. It was their only shot, and so he was taking it. Um, speaking of, of the Wakanda force field, I think one of the questions that you, you guys wanted to address was the how deep into the ground does it go? And it goes know, some people are going to say all the way that it's a complete and utter sphere, but that doesn't make sense because then the earth would be shifting. Mm-hmm. I don't you know, think that I'm a physicist by any means. It obviously didn't go all the way through the ground because the things went under. That's how they got through. They went sort of under. I think that... No, dude, they didn't sort of go under. They go completely under the ground. They come bursting out of the ground and almost land on people. Yeah, but then why didn't Thor's attack go through the dome? When he slammed the ground... Was the dome down when Thor came down? I'm trying to it remember. Had the opening. There was the so opening much, was so I think that my my yeah, I'm getting my well, time parts of the movie right, but, right. But why would it go through the? Right. So why would why would they? You it, know, like it's there's a concussion a, blast. It's not something that goes. Mm-hmm. There's also electricity and stuff like that. But that's what yeah, I'm saying is that still, if they were able to dig under the ground. Right. Yeah. Why would his? I don't know. Wakanda technology is beyond my his attack, <laughs> my his puny attack brain. Is not an underground attack it's a and when do they go from vibranium to like straight up lasers <laughs> like, well they're no vibranium can is what uh gives them all the power right it's right, almost right. like a nuclear well what it is is it, it absorbs kinetic energy stores it as potential energy and allows it to be released as other things right which is why you know black panther suit turns purple mm-hmm. and it can glows do all and, kinds of things though. yeah it's crazy yeah. I wish we had some. Yeah, but, you know, fraction. <laughs> they always have to have these crazy, these crazy substances, these crazy technologies that they can use to explain everything, like adamantium. Yeah. Which, hey, maybe one day. That's all <sighs> I'm gonna say. Please, please. Hugh Jackman said that he'd come back for the role. Yeah, but if, now he's saying he won't. He even said, "Now, if that happens, I'm sorry to be that guy." That's just what, what he happens? would say. <laughs> that, that's what if I would what say. If I was trying to, if, con- they, if, if they're going to have another, if they ever, uh, if the the Disney X-Men. Fox deal finishes, yeah. which it's been taking forever and might not happen because of could, Comcast. I mean, he was great as, but you can find a guy. There, yeah, there are a lot of. You can't find a Hugh I'm, Jackman. Though. I'm really, I'm really a sad huge that. Man. See, I'm a big. I say that too. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie, you, you heard this? <laughs> yes, I've heard. I, I, I'm really disappointed that they're using Tom Hardy as Venom, because with he, his stupid voice, <laughs> he's a phenomenal actor, and I'd like to see him as a superhero. But I, yeah. I really don't think Venom's. To me, I, I don't think it looks good at all. Now here's the thing. Go ahead, Peter. What? Talk about your Venom. 
Well, no, no. Here's the thing that I'm actually you're gonna I'm gonna surprise you, Eddie, with this. Okay. But close my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and here's a big surprise. Anyway, surprise, uh, surprise, surprise. Shazam, shazam. Anyway, <laughs> enough Comer Pile. Comer Pile references. God, I got a million of them. <laughs> Believe me, I'm one step away from making a Petticoat Junction reference. <laughs> so, not a Green Acres, but a Petticoat. Potentially. Yeah. I mean, I, we might. Anyway, anyway. anyway. How about a, how about the that Green Acres is a Petticoat Junction spinoff? It, do you think we're ever going to get a Petticoat Junction Green Acres cinematic universe? We should. <laughs> and then they they somehow tie it into the All in the Family cinematic universe with Maud Venom back Maud. to Venom <laughs> right now the Jeffersons. So Venom gets possessed by Maud. <laughs> she possesses him anyway. <laughs> and and Carnage is Betty White from the Golden Girls. <laughs> well, yeah, because that's why she's eternal. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> So I like I like Tom Hardy as, as as Eddie Brock, and I think that you know, let's let's be real. They 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 made him Eddie Brock because they they don't want to have to do a lot of CGI work into making him. They, a big they don't dude. want him to be working anymore in DC. That's why. Well, here, here's the, here's the thing of why yeah. I think Tom Hardy rides a bike and gets an MRI. The movie is going to be actually a decent movie because he actually was originally going to be casted in Suicide Squad, and that yes. didn't happen. He was. I believe he was supposed to play uh, Rick Flag. Flag. That yeah. would make sense. But, but like, and then he ended up leaving the role. And what I'm assuming is he did it because he didn't like the script. Yeah. Whereas I think he stayed on this because you know what, this is actually a pretty good script. So I have a little bit of faith. Second trailer, I'm a little bit more interested, but I'm still apprehensive because as Eddie's heard me ramble in the past, how can you do this without Spider-Man? Yes, Spawn's Spawn's mask. Back in the back in the you when? think the symbiote is your that? ally? The sim- it was ninety eight. Symbi- it was ninety eight. Oh come on, we're not going to go with the sim- symbiote pronunciation from the trailer. Symbiote. Symbiote. Yes. So, yeah, ah. what Spawn movies? How old? Twenty one. Don't you dare sully the the classic. I love that movie. Okay. I will defend it tooth and nail. But Michael the, Jai the CGI, killed it. the CGI of that Spawn's mask beautiful. going on is better than the spawn face coming what? on in the no no absolutely it's so organic it's literally no. just melding up the back of his neck and over his face no my f- my favorite mashup recently it's better than freaking and it's it's than, three times the size of his head three listen, it's at least three times it is the better size than eric foreman getting like <laughs> getting glue shooting across his face just Actually, I don't think so. So might as well just do our little uh, reveal here for the month of June. But speaking of Eddie, I mean, Eddie Brock and Eric Foreman, we're actually going to be doing the month of June as Spider-Man month. So saying that, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man month. That's the plan, Stan. Man, true believers. But (laughs) yeah, we we uh, we meander a lot. (laughs) We do, but it it happens. Tangent. Yeah, we do that. But. Yeah, just those movies I'm looking forward to revisiting yeah. like real soon. So no. stay tuned for week one where we're going to be covering... Did, uh, by the way, though, we like the Venom, the new the and the second dance is so bad. trailer? The yes, second trailer? Yes, yes, that, yes, I love it. That was uh, more extensive no. than, than the previous. I just don't know that, uh, you know, again, with catching up in the comics, that he will shoot his arms and out of his back, you know, the... the, the He's got arms out of the stuff. back now. Yeah. 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 So... Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean that's in the comic. Well, the only thing is, this version is going to be good for is for for comic shops like mine. Yep, people are running around trying to get every appearance of every different kind of venom because 
they don't know which venom it's going to be. Well, he's obviously them. doing. You know, in the trailer shows that they're doing tests on other people before Brock gets it. Right. Which so is these are going to be the current storyline right now. Yeah. So think, who are these other guys, venoms going to be? I should have asked you guys before because I'm missing a couple of little series from these little mini series of venoms. I'm going to show you my list. So yeah. So so in the in the current comics uh, with Venom that they just started with Venom number one, um, he gets he. Venom is having dreams that are in, infecting his dreams and their nightmares and he he's losing control of Venom and he's not able to understand what's going on and Venom is starting to speak its home language and he can't understand it. And so he meets somebody who's like, I wore a, you know, I wore a symbiote. I, you know, symbiote, symbiote. <laughs> I wore a symbiote. And, you know, do you know what its favorite food is? Do you know what its ideal temperature is? Do you even know its name? Do you know what it likes, what it doesn't like? You know, Answer to question number one, pineapple on pizza. Oh, yes, I agree. It's a delicacy so, of the gods. Amen. So, uh, I love Local place guys. does a sriracha pizza. They do sriracha chicken with pineapple and honey and brown sugar and jalapenos. <laughs> and it's delicious. It is outstanding. It's sweet. It's spicy. It's amazing, but anyway, so back to Venom. So or Infinity War or Infinity War. So, but but quickly on Venom before we go back to Infinity War is uh, he comes across a truck that's filled with five other people that have symbiotes, symbiotes, <laughs> symbiotes. Man, Sony's uh, M B I O T E. Yeah. Sony's marketing really Simbas. got us. Sim- oh, a boat of Sims. Simbas. Simba's. I can't wait to be king. <laughs> exactly. And and so you know, I'm a Leo by nature. <laughs> Eddie, this is a democracy. You will not be a king. <laughs> so so you know, I, I I think Maybe. they might be exploring that prince. that thing, and that may be where Carnage comes from. So, back to Infinity Wars and why Spider-Man is better than Venom. Uh, <laughs> the Iron. He's spider. wearing red. Oh my God! The oh, Iron Spider that suit. All. That was phenomenal. that was so good. There we go. It's Shoot so well done. I thought it was Nito Torpedo. <laughs> That's literally. another Marvel character, the Torpedo. Now stop. And he's Nito? Well, I don't know if we go back that and, far. And, and there was that little bit of comedy, like while everything's super tense, he just goes, oh, cool, you got the suit. Parachute. And just, <laughs> just yep. like constantly kicking the kid out of the oh, party, yeah, man. Yep, yeah. Just like, you're such a buzzkill. Bye. No just, way. <laughs> but of and course. They, and the thing is, is that he's so much more powerful than Iron Man. Right. So oh yeah. When he catches Gra- Gravis, what's the guy? Not uh, no, he's not the glint. Gromit from Wallace and Gromit. <laughs> yes. No, the big guy with the the pickaxe the, the, thing. The pickaxe. Oof. He oh, catches Peter Dinklage. No. Oh man. <laughs> so like he catches. He catches. Spider Man catches the punch before, you know he's gonna he's gonna wreck Iron Man. You know Iron Man's on the ground just trying to block, and he just catches it and he goes, "Are you okay?" <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Yep. So also, I, also, I mean, but he he's stronger than well, obviously stronger than Iron Man. The suit can only do so much. Not as strong as Captain America because Captain America caught the caught the punch with the Infinity Gauntlet on it and was just holding it. Just yeah, which that kind of I mean, I thought it might have. I mean, it was good for for dramatics, but yeah. it, his it hand never was, his hand was open. He could have just like you know shifted his he could have pivoted his hips and like thrown the gauntlet off. His hand was open. He he had a chance to like literally just completely deglove Princess Diana and just save the whole world. Grimace. It's Grimace. Grimace. Oh yeah, the that Grimace. That was even line. said in the movie. Yeah. yeah, that was great. Of course, Star-Lord. Oh, yep. Man. Legendary outlaw. Yeah. Who? Yeah. <laughs> pew pew. Mr. Lasers. <laughs> the whipper of pistols. Mr. Lord. Man. 
It was it was so funny. <laughs> he got like seven hits in before Mantis fell off, and it just looked like like a toddler bonking a toy against the TV. Just whap 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 whap. <laughs> like um. Like in um, Bugs Bunny Age of Ultron. Finster Baby. Oh, no, no, yeah. like in Age of Ultron oh, when he had the jackhammer fist on the Hulkbuster. Oh, yeah. Go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. Oh, God. <laughs> yes, yes. Mm-hmm. It was very reminiscent of that. It is just like very, very Star-Lord. Uh, yeah. That video that we mentioned, I think it was uh, before we were we were talking, uh, before we got on mic, uh, the five ways to beat Thanos that they didn't think of was like, as Star-Lord's about to pistol whip Thanos, Iron Man just blows his head off with a repulsor beam. It's just like, oh, look, we got it off now. Because they were in the middle of pulling the gauntlet off when we just decides to go, to go you know, full Pulp Fiction with it. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. And now in France, reached, like, Oh, have we? Infinity Gauntlet. In France, is Royale. <laughs> it's an infinity gauntlet with it's cheese. It's a gauntlet cheese. royale. Yeah. <laughs> a royale with gems. What do they call the crisis? Uh, I didn't go to DC. I, I, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. That's a good one. I was I like very, di- I was very disappointed to hear that Warlock won't be in the next movie. Now, who would you cast if you had the opportunity to cast Warlock? Oh, and for the hardcore DC or. Ooh. For the hardcore Marvel fans out there. He'd never there. do it. Who? Sly. Uh, no. Um, Pitt. Brad Pitt. No. Dolph. I can't say he, I was thinking Dolph Lundgren know. at first, but he's he's going to be in his nascency, quote unquote, because of the cocoon. Uh, he's honestly a full-grown adult, though. Um, you know who would be interesting as Warlock? Mads, Mike, Mads Mikkelsen. But he's already been in the Marvel Universe. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. A lot of them have already been in the Marvel Universe, though they get switched. I always go with... He my was go- Torch. Yeah. Captain America was Torch. My, well, we don't talk well, about in the MCU, Four. he's already been in the MCU. Right. But my thing is, my go-to, not, not for Warlock, I'm yeah, saying this immortal. now, but it's always interesting that, you know, Idris Elba's been a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He would have made a better character, like somebody else, yeah. but they just threw him in like such a small bit part and no one realized how big of a star he would become. And he's he's a big deal, you yeah. know, with his yeah, work on Luther. I want him to be the next James Bond. I could I've heard that one and I would like to see. Because the theory behind James Bond, not to segue again, is that uh it's a code name. The re- yeah, it's a code name. That it's you know, that that's well, why they can do the been, different yeah, actors. It's always been a code name. My yeah, go to so. so my go to for Adam Warlock myself, and it's been rumored over the years, you know, maybe he might do it, and he's actually currently saying I might be doing a Marvel movie or I might be doing a DC movie in the very near future. He's like kind of, you know, teasing it. Matthew McConaughey. I would love Please to no. see him as Warlock personally. I, I just think he he has that look. All right, all right, all right. Or we could go with Glenn Howerton from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia so he could finally be a golden god. No, no, <laughs> no, Dennis. He was supposed to be Star-Lord at one point. Oh, thank God they didn't do that. Star-Lord. He's good perfect, in the role, like like perfect choice for it, Star Lord. That's the, the thing. Is, is oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, who who would I for Warlock? That I'd character say. should be fleshed out. While Doug's thinking, pursued, yeah. While Doug's thinking of his Eddie, who would you go with? Um, Matthew sounded good. I mean, I was trying to come up with uh, wrestling or fighter type characters. Like I, I mean, I know I say that throughout Sly, I threw out Dolph. Matthew could. Have potential, I think. You know, it's, it's it's a lot of these unlikely people that wind up in them, and that's the magic about Marvel's casting. You know, I mean, and having multi- people do different roles. You know, Captain America and the Torch before that, James Brolin, two roles now 
it within, Josh, Josh, within, Braun. Josh Braun rather within a year yeah. less time. Yeah. You know, I, I can't fathom that, but it's happening. They could have a really good scene if they use Liam Hemsworth. They could have a really funny scene with Warlock and Thor in the same room, and they're just like, "You look familiar for some reason. I don't. I can't seem to pin it." My thing is this: like they, they, you hear a lot of fan like you know ideas like that one. And they try, like, I've noticed Marvel tends to avoid that because we had a whole movie, Infinity War, where Doctor Strange was in a room the entire time with Iron Man, and not once did you hear a no shit Sherlock joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because they're both Sherlock. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah. There you go. It's, it's, it's quote unquote low hanging fruit, but I, it, to be honest, I low hanging liked, fruit is still fruit. Yeah, yeah. I still would have liked to have seen that, to be honest. Yeah. It would have been funny, but and Watson was in uh, Black Panther, but he was not in the Infinity War. I was waiting. I would have loved to have seen an exchange between him and Doctor Strange, just oh. going on about you know bad American accents or bad British accents, and go, man, you know, you just can't do a British accent. I know I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Although I, I've always found it funny. I like, uh, I like Benedict Cumberbatch's accent. You know, where he's trying, he's trying to do a house, yep. but it almost comes off his garage door. Yep. Uh, that Benadryl cucumber patch. <laughs> oh, I love booty dick Captain Crunch. <laughs> I have like five. Benadryl I go with cucumber patch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the pronounced harbulary batteries. <laughs> the oh, I winked with the wrong eye again. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you. I, I'll tell you why I think Brad Pitt and everybody might think that he's too old, but really, a little bit. His career is on the on the other end. So he might want to get into something really large that could get its own movie, could get its own movie. He's a guy who could carry his own movie at some point. And a great character actor. If you look at some of his Inglorious Bastards. Stuff, uh, not even in Glorious Bastards. Bongiorno. Go, ba- go back a little further. Like, um, Fight Club. That's seven years in Tibet or something like seven that. Seven years in Tibet was okay. Uh, well, seven. The person he plays for, seven, he's amazing. He's, he's amazing in seven. He's amazing in 12 Monkeys. Like, he's really good in most of the things that he touches, honestly. What's in the gauntlet? What's in the gauntlet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and he's done enough pop culture stuff where he, there would be a lot of great references. Oh, yeah. And um, But I don't know if, I mean, it'd be a weird part for him to play to want to be orange the whole time. Unless they don't do him orange. Then I guess he doesn't have to be orange. He's going to be golden. Because it's you know they didn't do uh, Domino. You weren't disappointed that Domino wasn't blue with a with a or, or white gray. with a blue eye. She was great as a you know the character herself. She was just a fun character, and yeah, the color didn't mean Jack. Right. Because people have to understand like characters that come from a long time ago. Like the Hulk is green because of printing reasons, not because yeah, it's right. green and purple. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why in the Edward Norton movie when, when he gets the... Was it the Edward Norton movie where he gets the purple pants? Yeah. Yes. yes. It, was Edward, yes. it was the Edward Norton one, not the, the terrible, terrible Eric Bana one. I still need to see that one. I've heard nothing they but made terrible it, things like, and I want to watch it the villain, it. like, wasn't it his, like, his father who was kind of sort of absorbing man but not really? Yeah, you had those tendencies in that, correct. Yeah. 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 Like, because he, he touched the metal and his hand became yes. the metal, and yeah. then he was in the water, so he became water. And then he touched the table and he became the table. I am the table. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really obscure Lou Reed and Metallica reference that I just made. Oh, <laughs> man. But, uh, you know, I think. <laughs> I think that the. Uh, I think that it's good that they're experimenting with the characters, like making, you know, making Domino 
uh, different than she was in the comic, making other characters different than they were in the comics. I think that it's it's good, and I think they need to kind of keep that up because, you know, it's just... Well, Adam Warlock was very important in the Infinity War, and they've just kind of like... So is Silver Surfer. Surfer, yeah. I was going to say Silver Surfer. Is he tied up with the Fantastic Four? Mm-hmm. Okay. Al- although, we, again, I always bring this up. I don't think anyone has realized this, but I think the Fantastic Four writes shifted over a while ago and nobody said a thing right because like we have well they're returning to comic books so everything everybody they stop like they've got the x-men back because they're not killing them anymore their books coming back uh they just actually just came back released <coughs> they just did they X-Men, literally X-Men were going to kill the x-men off they were they were pushing them the, uh in humans and look how that turned out oh. but here's the money of disney they're just like scrap all that new human new New humans, Inhumans, scrap it. Well, remember, Inhumans was supposed to be a part of Phase 3, and I I love watching the video where it's Kevin Feige, and he's just talking about the... Sorry, Lord Feige. He's talking about the um, (laughs) introduction of, like... And in Phase 4, we're going to introduce the Inhumans. It shows the the thing on the screen. I feel they can be an important part of the MCU. And then the, the sound goes low, and all of a sudden you just hear... Directed by Larry David. Oh, it's yeah. it's so perfect. Or, or like you could you could cut to black and play the Always Sunny music. It's just Inhumans gets removed from the MCU. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's the show has been canceled. It's it never was, sunny it in the really MCU. Wasn't ca- like it hasn't been officially. It canceled. hasn't been officially canceled, but it's there's canceled. been no announcement. Be no announcement. It's canceled. Mm. Uh, I've never seen it, but I've it wanted bad. to watch it for how ba- I love bad stuff. It it's, wasn't bad good, though. It was bad, I, bad. I, I heard the CGI was terrible. I'm also the they type... They try to avoid any kind of power showing in. <laughs> well, like, what Medusa's power is her hair. So did they cut her hair or something? That was at the very yeah. beginning of the... Of course uh, they yeah, did. The first show. Yeah. Yeah. Now they do that in the comics, like in the, They like cut in her hair in the comics. second or third episode, they do. They, I think that they... When they shave her bones? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. the brothers take over. The, like, um, the, the Black brother, Bolt's Black brother. Bolt's brother takes yes. over the... Wasn't that played by the guy who played Penguin? No. On David. Gotham? Yeah. No. 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 Who was it? No. Different, different guy. I think it's the guy from... Some um, other guy whose hair looks like it hasn't been washed. No, I think it's one of the guys from um, Game of Thrones, isn't it? Yeah, maybe. I, I, have, I have to ask, since they're doing all these changes to the characters, did they neuter Lockjaw? <laughs> we may never know. <laughs> we uh, we if may never know. If can't teleport anymore, then there would be a yes. But there can only be one rocket, and it's like... not Red Rocket. It's Rocket <laughs> Raccoon. <laughs> Yum. Hello, they... darkness, my old friend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was it was unwatchable for a guy who pretty much watch anything that is a, is a superhero. Yeah, no, I hated it. Ball. But then again, I also don't really like Agents of Shield. Um, I still watch it. Pat, I've heard Pat good things. Oswald, anytime they have Pat Oswald in there, it's fantastic. Mm. And uh, you know, it's just Agents of Shield is technically MCU, so it's really weird to say we have. You know, Agent Cooper and the rat from Ratatouille as like characters in the MCU. <laughs> hashtag it's all connected. Do you remember when that was a thing? Like Marvel was like passing around a hashtag, hashtag it's all connected. It was comics to Agents of Shield to MCU, oh. and they were all tied together they, uh, along with the the Netflix MCU. There which, are still Inhumans in Shield, but you can tell that they are fading away, fading them away. <gasps> They're quake. Are they turning around. to dust? Um. No, but they are talking about Thanos. Really? Yeah. 
it, it, um, in whispers. Right now, they're 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 on a time a time shift. I just I mean, like it, to see this. I don't know it, if you watch it, but Agent Shield right now is they shifted to a different timeline where the Earth has been blown apart. Uh, speaking of Thanos, yeah. Infinity War. So go back to Infinity War. Yeah. Um, is that what we? That's yeah, I think that's, that's what the topic, doing. right? It's a time stone uh, here. <laughs> why did uh, why did Thanos take his armor off? I'm curious about that. That that was very early in the movie. Like the you know, we see him a lot in the full armor. His iconic helmet. Yeah, and, and, and like five minutes in the movie he takes it off and he don't put it back on. Because it looks like crap. Yeah, it doesn't uh, really translate well to movies. But like, you know, I feel like the shiny gold armor would have been really awkward throughout the entire movie. So just giving him like, you know, a, a purple tank, uh, I mean, a blue tank top totally fixes it. He just wants to be, you know, in that, a 1990s pro wrestler. He just, yeah, just you know, gym yeah. tan laundry. <laughs> the first place to get disintegrated was the Jersey Shore. <laughs> thank you, Thanos. Thank you. Hashtag thank you, Thanos. <laughs> yeah. Thanos demands your sandwiches. Here's the thing, though, about the whole, you know, changing from the comics into the movies. I always find it funny that they didn't include Thanos' love affair with who? Death. Death. Yeah. So the whole reason Deadpool is immortal. Yeah. The Deadpool is immortal because Thanos was jealous that he was horning in on his Kool-Aid and uh, was just like, you know what? I'm sick of you always showing up here, finding new and inventive ways to show up here. So you can't die anymore. No more. You're done. <laughs> Get up out of here. It's my girl. Did you say horning on the Kool-Aid? Yes. Yeah. Well, how about that? <laughs> I'm hip to the lingo, as the kids say. <laughs> That's truly on fleek. <laughs> Do people still say that? Uh, no, no. Oh, tremendous. <laughs> it's lit. It's lit, fam. Uh, no, it's... Hold on, Dab. Wait, no more, no more legit? <laughs> no, legit works. Legit okay, works, yeah. Right. I always say that. Too legit it, to quit. It's a, it's a comeback. Well, it's a comeback. That, We're bringing it back. Wow. We're yeah, that's Don't call it a comeback, though. Yeah. So, Been here know, for years. Yeah. You know, I I feel like I feel like Thanos really, uh, you know, I, the, the love affair with Death was, you know, missing was was a a weird thing because that was his whole like before balance and all that, and like that was his whole reason Motivation. he wanted to do this. It was the whole, it was his whole impetus was I want to impress Death. So like you know when there's a, a really great scene where he creates this massive monument in the middle of the void, like in, in the abyss with death. He's like, look at what I've built for you. Look at what I've given you. And she's like, I'm death. Do you think you can impress me by building something? I, I have no interest in what you can build. Show me what you can destroy. Show and that's when he's like, light bulb. Oh, I'll just grab the infinity gauntlet, put all the gems in it and snap my fingers. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. And then this time it's just, oh, it's balance. Like, it, it, it makes him more relatable because if it's just like a love affair that does that, people would just be like, that's boring. <laughs> love Daddy? is boring. Give me complex character flaws. <laughs> Are we thanos out? Could it be? Potentially. Yeah, if there was some questions here on this uh, Avengers burning questions thing. I was curious because I had no idea why does Steve Rogers' phone number have an Atlanta area code? Uh, because you can spoof your number. And if you're running from the government, probably so, a hey, good Atlanta? idea. You want, you want people to think you're in Atlanta? Yeah, it's a big area to scan, man. Yeah, 40, 50,000 people mm -hmm. per block. Yeah. And with Steve Rogers, by the way, one of the things with him in the film was he is technically nomad. Yeah. But yeah. doesn't go that by name. No, they just were calling him Steve. 
Like, what's up, Steve? <laughs> I mean, I, I can see where they would get Steve from Nomad. I mean, it's just... Yeah. <laughs> Listen, anything but Mr. Rogers. They could... <laughs> I'm waiting for that day yeah, that happens. There's that too. Mm-hmm. Like all of a sudden you just see you see Star-Lord meet him because essentially the entire time Star-Lord's known him as this like historical figure. Yeah. He meets him and goes, "Punch Hitler, Mr. Rogers." No <laughs> ro- other guy. <laughs> yeah, I like the meeting too of um well in, in in conversation the characters that are in this particular scene with with Groot saying, "I am Groot" and Captain America saying, I am Steve Rogers. Oh, my. Just his awkwardness was <laughs> yeah. off the charts, and it was incredible. Yeah. 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 And, and the fact I, that Thor could understand Groot. Yeah. It, oh, and, and the thing that... It was I, an elective. It was an elective. It was an elective, yeah. <laughs> and the thing that I, I don't think that. a lot of people are talking about is that what we see a lot in the comics are heroes fighting heroes because of a misunderstanding. And there's, you know, the Guardians versus the Avengers there for yep. a little bit, and they're fighting each other because they both think that they're agents of Thanos... And there's a moment where they're like, where's Thanos? And they're like, what do you mean? It becomes almost like an Abbott and Costello bit. Where is Gamora? Where is Gamora? Who is Gamora? <laughs> I do you one better. <laughs> Why is Gamora? And it's just, it, like, it's, no one wants to know how is Gamora, though. It go, um, flat. Sad. Oh. She's feeling pretty flat right now. She's on the rocks. Yeah, she had a sudden, <laughs> she, she had a sudden burst of sadness. It's it's actually was love on the rocks. Yeah. I was gonna go there, Neil Diamond. Thank she you. She finally <laughs> fell for she finally fell for Peter Quill. Oh, she fell too hard. tsunami. <laughs> she fell hard. Falling in love is hard on the knees this, and the back. This is, uh, it's an Aerosmith now, isn't it? <laughs> Falling in love is hard on the knees. I tell you what. Yeah. Tell you what. All right, do we want to go through? These are questions from an issue of uh, Entertainment Weekly, and we may or may not have the answers to them, but we'll try to run through them and finish up our Infinity War talk. Yeah, this seems like an Infinity podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Does it we, end? We're, um, we're very known for rambling. All right, so yeah. the second, well, we're going to maybe go around the room, sort of. So, uh, Doug, you want to take the second one? Uh, Thanos already got the first stone from Xandar, so RIP Xandar. I think we can pretty much... Uh, we can we can pretty much just case closed on that one. So that would be a yes. Yeah, absolutely. If yeah. if if he didn't kill everyone, he killed half of them. That's, that's what we can say. <laughs> you know, we assume like, yes. Yeah. Uh, and I think that we saw the the true power of the power stone. You know, no pun intended. Is that it's so devastating? There's no reason why he couldn't have decimated the entire planet. No, absolutely. The, but the issue is, is that were they willing to give their lives for it? Because he wasn't. He didn't. If you were willing to give it, he wasn't killing you. He just, I'm gonna snap my fingers, and you're either live or die later on. Yeah. Right, he didn't. He didn't actively try to kill people for them. It's either yeah. give it to me or I'll kill you for it. Right. If you're in my way, right. I will kill you. Otherwise, you'll find out later. Yeah, it can go either way. Yeah. Right. It's flipping a coin, right? But the next part of it is, um, what's up with Scarlet Witch's accent? Um, she just lost it. It wasn't like I get, They probably just thought it wasn't natural. Right. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, where are the ma- like? They didn't really. Did, they, make- did she try attempt a Russian accent in the first? Movie? In Age of Ultron, I believe yeah. so. Yeah, and it wasn't. It was that good. Eastern European. It wasn't Russian. It was Eastern it was Sokovian. European. It was Sokovian. Yeah. Uh, it, and it didn't really make a tremendous amount of sense. Especially- this is how much it's sense it made. I didn't even notice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To I be mean, honest. she had a, a she had an inflection, but also right. like they were hiding, they were trying to assimilate. So like her trying to assimilate into like the a Borg? new culture, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly like the Borg. So like for she was living with an android, uh, so you know she was assimilating. All right, yeah. <laughs> so did you make a penis? 
<laughs> I'm sorry, I keep phasing through you. <laughs> so I think wow. that I think that the the accent, um, you know, her not having an accent or having a muted accent was because they were trying to live normal lives. That's, That's good enough as answer as it's going to be. Yeah. And you know what? I think we answered this next one already. How far down into the ground does the Wakandan force field actually go? As far as it needs to. <laughs> to protect the, uh, yeah, inside of the dome, right. Plot armor is always exactly as thick as it needs to be. Um, Peter, you want to read one? So we're going to take a real quick break from our question list, which is at number five. And right before we get into our question that was on Facebook, we also want to mention that if you go on Stitcher.com slash premium... And use the promo code at checkout, Marvelous. You'll get a free one month of Stitcher Radio. And you'll be able to listen to Wolverine the Long Night, which is now concluded, as well as the Smodcast archives featuring many shows such as Hollywood Babylon. Smodcast, Tell Him Steve Dave, among many, many others. So once again, he's got it. Stitcher.com slash premium. And use the promo code Marvelists. Thank you. You're welcome. So anyway, Aubrey's question on Facebook was, why did some of the characters devolve, but most of them have been left alone? And why did Steve, oh God, at the end of the film, did he know where Thanos was going? Gentlemen? Well, the first one, we know the, that part, too, because that was it's half the universe is going and half is staying. Right. Yeah. But the uh, oh God from Steve, uh, you could read into that, I guess, and, so, or, or just not have realized that happened. But, Doug, you got something going on there. Steve Rogers has been the same Steve Rogers since nineteen, since the nineteen forties. Let's be real. So yeah. like he at his core is the same guy. He's the white bread, just like apple pie America. Apple pie America, apple pie America. America like God. the oh, God's golly gee, yeah, oh golly gee, Willikers. Well, so well, like, well, remember the one line in I believe Avengers. There's only one God, and he don't look like that. Right, and so he just went when. when when he's used dress, to fighting dress like that there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When, I when, noticed that like, you were stewing for a second like yeah. no you've got when, the line wrong when he's you know <laughs> even in Civil War you saw that he had a serious conflict because he's like this world is just so way too complicated for me I you know I'm used to the days of fighting wars that we could fight with enemies that we could see and there's just so much more going on here I think this is just a culmination of him just being super overwhelmed just completely overwhelmed by everything that happened in Civil War, by everything that's that's happened throughout the, the fight with Thanos. And realistically, it was less than 24 hours that Thanos showed up and then everyone died. Right. Like, this was well, Steve Rogers' terrible, horrible, make, no good, very bad day. What would make anybody... <laughs> What would what, what would what would yeah, what, perfect. what would make anybody think that Steve Rogers is godless though? No, it has nothing to do with him being godless. It has to do with him just like, what else are you gonna say? Everyone that you know, you didn't even get a chance to like say I'm sorry to Tony Stark. There was no chance for you to to like. He shouldn't apologize. Tony should have. Well, regardless, there, there was no chance for again closure that everyone right. seeks. It's just we lost. Steve Rogers is not used to losing. Yeah. Even in Civil War, it's like, we didn't win, but we didn't lose. But, like, this was a straight-up L. Just a giant, dissolving L. And he <laughs> Like my had, fantasy baseball team. <laughs> and he had no idea how to handle it. So his own, like, oh, God. Like, it all hit him just as it hit the audience. Just like, this is real. This happened. Movie's over. 
Yeah. Go home and cry. <laughs> is it, wait, so Deadpool in a bathrobe is going to tell us that? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Just... Now, also, you say, though, overwhelmed with you know Steve Rogers. That's essentially what he's been the entire time. He's been in our modern times. Exactly. Literally, the first moment he comes into our time, yeah. in, you know, in Info our overload. When he runs into Times Square. Yeah, and he just sees everything. Like, oh, oh my God. Yeah. yeah. So it's almost the Neo in the Matrix movie where he's just like. Get away from me, get away. And they're all like, oh, he's going to pop. And then he just pukes and passes out. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Steve Rogers is not going to do that. Super Soldier, not going to happen. But he can he'll say, himself. oh, God. <laughs> you know, now also, he can't get drunk. So now, yeah. also going back to the Avengers Burning Questions list, number five, where did Pepper Potts get her running clothes? Lululemon or The Gap or wherever white people shop. Abercrombie and Fitch? Yes. Forever 21? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. H&M. Why, why do people care about her fashion? She got him from Stark Industries. You think that Tony's going to let his fiance run around in anything that can't protect her? The rescue armor from Iron Man 3, as terrible as it was, you know, really showed that. And, and I think that people need to stop caring so much about the fashion of the heroes and start caring more about where they dissolve to. Now, number six, speaking of the whole dissolving mess up, why didn't Doctor Strange use the Time Stone to undo Star-Lord's mega mess up? Not in the plan. We, that yeah, we don't yeah, get we to know about. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we, 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 we beat that horse, I think. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It's just glue and dust. Yeah. yeah. Number seven, if Thanos' scheme could happen with a, quote, snap of the fingers, why did everyone dissolve so slowly? Drama. So you wouldn't yeah. miss it. <laughs> yeah. And say, what happened? What, you get to experience thing? every death. They don't all happen at once, so you get to experience lose the loss of every each character. Law's, law of energy conservation states that matter cannot be created nor destroyed, only transferred. So, couldn't happen instantly, couldn't happen like that. Because if people just cease to exist, like if, like the, like we take up space. Like, you know, mass is, is, is how much space you take up. My so. dad says the same thing about me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, if, if a person just like cease to live exist, on his couch, the vacuum that would be created... Uh, In vac- his resentment. <laughs> uh, the vacuum that would be created by a person's sudden lack of presence would just destroy the other half of the universe anyway. Realistically speaking, from a physics point of view. Yeah. yeah. That's why, uh, you know. Because physics is all in comics. That's, they have a, actually, I think Marvel has a physicist on on payroll. And his name is Jonathan Hickman. <laughs> and, and, and he's the editor of all physics in the books there was a pim in there somewhere sorry (laughs) what are we down to number eight or eight sorry Uh, once Thanos set his mind to it he got all the infinity stones in like ten minutes why'd he wait until now they're making a movie there's salaries to be paid (laughs) stretching it out I mean what (laughs) this is realistic sorry Um, it's like trying to cram things in for finals well he had to have the glove made I mean that had to take him some time the the gauntlet well it wasn't just the gauntlet being made because if you remember before Infinity War I forget which movie it was in the post credit scene I think it was Civil War where he's like fine I'll do it myself myself. and he grabs the gauntlet and he's out out, out hunting I think he was waiting for the stones to naturally gravitate towards each other because we've seen the stones in a bunch of the movies you know we know that they exist we know that they are in close proximity to people with powers Mm -hmm. because it's Lex Telianus bad things happen because you're there I, I, I think honestly, he's getting old and getting lazy. He's getting tired of going from planet to planet, killing half them. I just thought, really, it was because Ronan failed to get the the purple stone, right? And so that, as if nothing else, as a result of is what Thanos said. I'll do it myself. Yeah, yeah. If he couldn't do it, who else am I going to send? And let's just never start send a boy coming. to do a man's job. There you go. A man, man, with man, a, man, with a purple ridged chin. <laughs> 
multi you know, scroll like yeah. um you want to take number nine no, there, you, doug you? Uh, oh, why, why was not? hulk hulked out in the trailer during the wakanda scene um it's so called you're... a fake out it's called, yeah. it's called a fake out uh they do it all the time uh they have scenes in movies that don't even happen yeah remember do you know, do you know that uh for the walking dead when Negan killed uh, Glenn and Abraham. Yeah, they used multiple. They filmed a death scene for every single actor. And I believe the Maggie one got leaked. I remember seeing that. Mm-hmm. They, 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 filmed the, they filmed the scene where he kills absolutely everyone because they didn't want to leak. They didn't want, you know, stuff like that. They didn't want to leak the comic book that had already been out where Glenn is killed. <laughs> Right, but they, but they also killed Abraham. It was a twofer. Yeah. So, you know, I think that... When it came to that, I remember uh, my friend who runs Terrificon, Mitch Halleck, he's talking about that, and he brings up a great point. He's like, he's talking to Michael Cudlitz, and he says, your character is dying, isn't he? He's like, how can you tell? Why are you doing the convention season while the show is filming? <laughs> Ooh, that's a good wow. one. That's, like that's, he He, like, mm-hmm. pieced it together. He's like... I knew the whole time. That's nuts. Uh, but yeah, so the, you know, why did it? You know, I uh, just think yeah, he's, he's why afraid. Was he hulked out? Why was he hooked out in the uh, in the Wakanda scene? Um, oh, or do they mean like why was he tired of being the Hulk? Or, or I, I don't. I guess I'm not understanding. They mean why was he the Hulk in the Wakanda yeah, the, scene, the but not in scene. the movie? Yeah. So then I I, that, I really think that that's what that is. I think mm, that it was true. a fake out. I think that it was a it was a total. They didn't like, want people to know certain things about the about the movie. But like Lego, Lego spoils everything. We knew about they the do. Iron Spider suit because of Lego. We knew about the Hulkbuster armor in Wakanda because of Lego. Oh my! Which so is- to the executives at Lego. Thanks a lot. Stop. <laughs> Stop. The funniest thing is, and I've brought it up on the show before, I believe, but when, like, pop vinyl, and not, not even just pop vinyl, Warner Brothers in general spoiled the return of Superman in, in Justice League yeah. because they made Superman toys, and you're thinking to yourself, why the hell are you doing this? Aquaman can- actually spoiled it at a convention. He made a kid cry, Damn. and then they caught him telling the kid, no, no, don't worry, he comes back. Oh, my. And like, uh, good old Jason Momoa. Yeah. <sighs> My man, Caldrogo. Because at first he thought it was real funny to tell the kid that Superman's dead, and then he, th- oh. he goes, "Superman going to be in it?" He's like, "Superman dead," and kids start to cry. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the difference between Marvel and DC is never more prevalent than that one. So, so I mean, I think that when you know companies that get li- that uh, that get their hands on licenses need to be more mindful of stuff like that. I mean, yes, leaks generate just hype. on the release date, but you don't need to you don't need to release what the I mean, it wouldn't it I think their their figures would be much more put black uh, bars exciting. over it. Redact part of it. Because yeah. that'll build hype, hype. without right. spoiling things. Yep. Marvel was doing that with their free comic book day books. Like we're not going to tell you what this book is because right. it's a mystery book. Right. And yeah. you didn't find out until maybe three weeks before it was announced. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I love the way that they handle leaks, by the they way. Put, they put out a free comic book before free comic book day. That's another thing Marvel likes to do is like, oh, we're going to do free comic book day. Everybody's going to be the same as us. No. Here's one two weeks ahead of advance. They had Marvel Rising Zero for free, which was about two, was about two or three weeks prior to uh, free comic book day. This year? And this year. Are you still having more copies? No. Because <laughs> I missed that <laughs> which book. Which sucks because wow. they were worth it has, it has a first appearance of Ember somebody in it, and it's starting to go up in value. Jeez. A free book going up in value. Yeah, well, that happened with Umbrella Academy, it's, for example. Yeah. But my thing is also, like, you know, they never spoiled – like. Everyone knew Spider-Man was going to be in Civil War, but you end up having, I will always include that Axel in there, but 
I just like the fact <laughs> that when the toys were coming out, they never mentioned that Spider-Man was going to be in there. Everyone <clears throat> knew Spider-Man was going to be in there, but they waited like another wave to include Spidey in right. that stuff. And it was smart. Like the only piece of Spider-Man merchandise for Civil War was the two-pack two of Captain America and I believe Spidey, like you know, with the shield. Yeah, right. that was the only merchandise. That's smart. Yeah, it, it was is. a good. And, and then the way that Marvel handles leaks is way better than other companies because, like, you know, when Marvel, I forget what it was that got leaked. It was some trailer or they some turn, part of the movie. They always turn into a positive. And, and, much and they, than they tweeted it. They tweeted a link to it. And just and we're just like, damn it, Thanos. Yeah. Like that was that was the tweet. Or no, it was Hydra. It was uh Oh, okay. It was damn it Hydra and I think it was the the uh Cap turning Hydra? No, the, the no, it was San Diego D twenty three footage. Yes. And I remember oh. also one other thing that happened. It was the Infinity War, yes. There's Infinity War footage that's on YouTube and it's unfinished footage from the scene involving the collector, who by the way, we didn't mention this during the episode itself, but I was surprised when he came back, but not really, because I saw the footage of the Collector being tortured by Thanos. Mm. But I saw that footage months in advance. You as well saw it, Eddie. Yeah, and true. it was unfinished. You didn't see the CGI, but you hear Josh Brolin's voice. You hear, you see uh, Benicio Del Toro, who I want to call Guillermo, but <laughs> you see that footage, and also over it is this music of the trailer. And it was pulled and then somebody randomly put it back up online, mixed it up so they could leave it on YouTube, and it was on there. And I remember watching the movie. I'm like, "Huh?" But it didn't really happen. No, it did. That was the actual. That was the footage of Star Wars. No, Wood but Sale. it actually didn't happen. Oh yeah, because that <laughs> yeah, was the Reality Stone. Yeah. The Reality Stone. Um, we don't know if he tortured him. Tortured the. Also, uh, I thought in the in the in the trailer, he just went in and killed him. I thought in the trailer uh, that I saw when Doctor Strange was making the platforms. In the movie, he's doing it for Star-Lord. In the original footage, I thought it was Thor. Absolutely was, was Thor. It was Thor that he was putting the I saw Star-Lord. Not in, in, the, in the original... In the original, like, leaked footage. I saw it in oh. the leaked footage, it was Star-Lord. Because I remember seeing the... Oh, man. Maybe it was just, like, the I angle thought, of the camera or something I like that that I, was, that I saw. I thought it was Thor, because, like, that was what I was focusing on. I was like, Doctor Strange throwing platforms under somebody's foot is probably the coolest use of his powers. <laughs> I've ever seen. Screw everything else. Screw the entire Doctor Strange movie, which, by the way, part of which was filmed here in Port Jervis. Port Jervis. The oh. Hawk's Nest. Oh. I've never the, seen the, that the winding road that he crashes on. Yeah. Oh. The greatest. Cumberbatch was yeah. never here, but no. The stunt driver was. Stunt yeah. driver. That's still the greatest don't text and drive PSA yeah. of all time. Yeah. Oh, you can yes. become a Sorcerer Supreme if you text <laughs> and drive. <laughs> there is no time gem. There's no That's reduce. been used in yes. so many movies that if the and 97 Hawk's commercials. Nest ride. Yeah. Really? Uh, Eddie, wanna, wanna, Eddie, you want to drive yeah, on that in text? I don't want to. Uh, what? You want to drive on that road in text with me? Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, I'll drive you text. Number 10, we're up to there. Yeah, number 10, Damn which it. is when Thanos kills half of life on Earth, do animals count? Better hope and not. It's not like half the trees in the forest disappear. Where's the line? Like, if Thanos they... kills some possums, I am crushing heads. Now, you know what the <laughs> thing is? I mean, yes, this is possibly looking too far into it to, for too many details. Because. For points of the movie, it's only really human life that we're concerned with. Right. I think. Well, I think Not it's intelligent. Ignore. I think it's intelligent life. I think that you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, and the whole joke of if animals got killed, John Wick is coming after Thanos. <laughs> uh, it's just, uh, I think that it really had to do with intelligent life because intelligent life is what 
is what destructive destroys, destroys the planet, which right. I think is the message. Right, right, because because animals aren't destructive by nature. They they only kill to eat or to defend themselves. There's, they, there's even something where I I don't remember where the reference point is, but I know that the line I'm thinking of is nature finds a way. Yeah. Like to proliferate, to nature, survive, uh, to flourish, whatever. Who? Life uh, nature finds, finds a way. A, nature finds a way or life finds a way. Great line read, Jeff Goldblum. Thank you. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. But, no, I agree with you. But I, I think that um, they soften it for the public by sending this message of saying this is everybody in the universe. This is every culture. This is everywhere. Just the beings that rise to the top destroy the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And there's only needs to be half of you. The only thing that rises to the top is the cream. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Wow. Never do slim Jim. I can know that one. Dig it. Mm-hmm. Number 11. What if Ant-Man was actually in this movie the whole time, but he was just too small to see? Then he's a jerk for not blowing Thanos' head to pieces. You know, somebody made a point to me, and I was like, you know what, that is the greatest idea. That whole scene where Thanos has all of his minions go after everyone in Wakanda, if they just had him come out as giant man just started squashing all those things with his hand, it would have been great. It didn't happen, <laughs> Wait, but it would have been great. How, Doug, how would Ant-Man have blown up his head? Uh, so say? he gets really, really yeah. tiny. He crawls inside Thanos' ear, yep. and then he goes giant. That was my immediate first thought when yeah. you proposed like, that question. He but. just goes and punches on the eardrum enough to like make him disoriented because if you know if something's flicking on your eardrum, especially with the strength of a human, oh, he just punch himself right through the eardrum. Yeah, then. he could yeah. do that. Then get into his cranium and, not and then quite really subatomic just, for that. But right. yeah, you know, uh, I think okay. that you know, and I think that you know his history as a criminal, he would probably think of that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's true. Yeah. Not too much left to go. There's 16 altogether on these questions. All right. Number 12. When Black Panther says about Captain America, somebody get this man a shield, why did they give Cap little plates? Get punched in the face by one of those and call them little. Yeah. Little plates. More and effective. They're made of vibra- Way vibranium. more effective. More effective. Um, also, why would they have, they, I mean, they, having shields around, okay, I get that, but having a Captain America, we just happen to have a Captain America well, shield waiting around for All he said was, get this man a shield. Yeah, and now he's got they, two. Exactly. One for each hand, and they're retractable or extendable. I'll do you one and that's been. Why one shield when you can have two shields? That's actually been in the comics. This that shield configuration has recently been in the comics on and off, where they actually are one, a larger shield, and then they break into two like oh, that. Oh, okay. They didn't show it separating, probably because it was probably a prop problem. Um, they are much cooler as you know, pointed fists. So then it could actually come together as one. Right. I don't know what shape it would take. Well, right. I mean, the original Captain Triangular America, somewhat or early shield maybe that he would have. Right. The earlier shield it might have looked like that. It also, I think. Clips together and then becomes the circle in, in okay. some issues also. So Would it also attach on his back like the uh, original? I can't remember. I... Well, that was magnets. Yeah, well, how do they work? Which I need to for my costume. <laughs> <laughs> we will not mention the writers of those lines. Now, number 13 is, is Shuri okay? But we're actually not going to ask that question. I want to ask a really important question. Is Korg okay? <laughs> hey, Min. <laughs> Uh, I don't think the other rock I think, guy. I don't think anyone's okay, to be honest. I, I yeah, they do not show her death. She definitely doesn't die in in beforehand in in trying to the vision takes the guy out before she he attacks her. Yeah. So yeah, they didn't show her dissolving. What about Meek? Is Meek okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Meek's dead. 
No, he's not. He's okay. <laughs> now he's dead again. I mean, in the in 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 the movie sense, I think she's fine. In the grand scheme of things, are, is really anyone okay? <laughs> not after this thing. No. Fourteen. Should the Guardians of the Galaxy get a new name because they straight up did not guard the galaxy? Well, it's going to well, be the Guardian of the Galaxy because it's just Rocket. Right. <laughs> yeah. Guard of the Galaxy. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, they... Yeah, they, I mean... They absolutely need a new name. I, w- yeah. I was giving him a hard time. Originally. I was like, how could they kill Drax and Mantis? Because... They were the last of their kind. They were the last of their kind, so there is no other half. So there were, And he was saying, well... There's only one. One's an odd number, so they have to be taken out. Yeah, there's no balance. There's no balance. There's no there's balance because there's only yeah. there's not two. So that's why the, all the ones that there's three characters, by the way, that are the last of their kind. But I thought Rocket was the last of his kind. Yeah, he was just a genetic experiment. He's a genetic experiment, so he's one of. Yeah. Last of or only one of. He's the only one. Kind. He's the only one because he was created. So he's balanced because he's made come, of multiple things. Okay. Oh, you just just to make your theory still work. Well, <laughs> no, I'm just saying that he's not the last of. I'm just clarifying. Right. Yeah. He's, he's just one. I'm of sure them. there were multiple experiments. You know, yeah. I'm sure there were maybe other, others that didn't. Like Howard the well. Duck. Oh, I love Howard. There's the a future Duck. podcast. <laughs> now, number fifteen. If they took a twig off of Thor's new axe, could they regrow? Group? I, that's no. A stretch. You know what? Because it's a it's. A stretch like the solid, like the branches, like Reed Richards, one of my cosplays. Thank you very much. Oh, the pharmacist. I'm working on uh, <laughs> uh, minor reference. Albany Comic Con, Mean Gene. Yes, Okerlund. Okay, I love Mean Gene. Saw me in my Reed Richards, which, which had a lab coat and some fantastic four buttons on the black glove, and says, "What are you, a pharmacist?" <laughs> oh, that man. was a recurring joke throughout the rest of that evening. Wow. Oh man, good stuff. Katie, bar the door. I didn't think that the the uh, newly formed Stormbreaker had a twig that could be broken off of. First of all, from no, and remember, it changes shape. I think it. I think it actually uh, can regrow Groots because if you're, you know, if you've read the most recent run by Jerry Dugan and Aaron Cooter, they show like the the gardener makes more Groots and he makes a army. Right, fine, of groots. they got to put that twig in a potted. And a they, potted yeah, they put the thing back where it came from, or so help but, me. <laughs> that your mother would say right but are groots <laughs> are groots grown from living pieces or i think they could be growing from dead pieces because when groot explodes in the comics and they do that they make new groots yeah it's kind of like the whole pine cone theory like pine yeah. cones only open under a certain amount of temperature and yeah i don't know if a lot of people know this but pine cones will not open unless they are superheated god i want uh, to do a pine cone podcast yeah during during fires <laughs> during during forest fires the pine cones drop and they they start to spread so that the seeds will grow new trees no, after the old sure. trees have been destroyed it's the cycle of life survival yeah exactly so i think you know i don't think that a Thank twig you, can Nye. be broken <laughs> off of stormbreaker to begin with because i feel that once the weapon was forged it became something otherworldly right. it's Beta no Ray longer Bills. Groot it's no longer Uru it is something in and of itself how do you it, how do you make Stormbreaker before you even introduce introduce Beta Ray Bill that's my uh, uh, comics yeah. comics shortcut yeah. <laughs> reality stone now Doug you're gonna have the honors of the final question number 16 does Rocket get Bucky's arm now that he's faded away? Um, I think mentioned we, that already. We, we mentioned that that they he does not the, get the arm, arm didn't clank on the ground. No, just no, no, faded away. Yeah, unfortunately, That's the change of reality. Yeah, mm-hmm. my theory. Mm-hmm. But, oh. There's some heavy questions. 
I just supported soul- it. Yes, no, right. I supported your you, theory by you saying did. that they all were the same color as the cubes and the ribbons. Doesn't matter. It's that the yes, it's the, that was part of it, but the biggest part of it was that everything went away. Yeah, we'll see what happens in ten more years. They didn't for they phase didn't. eight. Phase <laughs> yeah. Before this episode is over, we're going to go over to an interview we conducted with Roy Thomas, co-creator of Vision, co-creator of Wolverine, co-creator of Luke Cage, co-creator of a lot of characters. And we're also joined alongside with the boys of the Power Cosmic Podcast, John Cimino, and Terrificon promoter Mitch Halleck. And then right after that, we are going to be going over to our interview with Jim Starlin, who you might know as the creator of Thanos, Drax, and Gamora. And we're going to go to that interview right when? Now. Now. All right, right now we are joined alongside comic book legend, co-creator of a crap ton of characters, including one of the stars of the movie that we talked about in this episode, The Vision. We are joined with Roy Thomas. Roy, how are you doing today? I'm doing okay, you know. All right. Recovering from the movie. Oh, yeah. Other things. That's a hell of a movie to recover from. Yeah, it's definitely one of the biggest cosmic movies. It's probably... I haven't seen the last couple Star Wars movies yet. This probably is cosmic movie as any of those are, even in its own way. I mean, you can see why they said it's one of the most expensive movies ever made because almost every scene is a special effect of some kind. Of and speaking of cosmic, by the way, we are joined with the guys from Power Cosmic, Mitch Halleck and John Cimino. Guys, how you doing? Hello, oh, hi Peter. How are you? <laughs> see how he reels uh, hi, them Peter. all in. Jeez. Guys, what did you think of the movie as well? Everybody, what did everybody? Think it was about the a movie? rock'em, sock'em, knock'em out movie for two and a half hours. It was the greatest king size annual come to life. I saw it twice in twenty four hours, and I want to go back again. Well, let me tell you this: I was never a fan of Thanos ever, but I I hated Thanos. I have to say, because he was a knockoff of Darkseid. After I saw the movie, I bought the first appearance of Darkseid, Iron Man 55. No, I got no, the, no, no. I got the Thanos. Thanos, Thanos, Thanos excuse me. See, I'm still learning. I got the <laughs> Logan's Run thing, and I, I don't know why. And I'm now I'm still in love with Thanos, and I, and I, don't, and I hate myself for it. <laughs> now, has everyone in this general vicinity seen the movie? Have you seen the movie? Yes, I have. Okay, good. I didn't want to spoil this for you. But, when Roy, when your character of the Vision mm-hmm. had his untimely demise... How did that make you feel? It's just a flesh wound. Yeah. <laughs> just walk it off. Well, you walk saw that off. flesh? Yeah. yeah. Walk it off. All right. Yeah. Rub some but, dirt on it. Exactly. Rub <laughs> some dirt on it. Some it Windex is, on it. It is painful. On it. You know, it's, it is painful. See, uh, you know, I, I, for one thing, I get paid a little money when the vision appeared in the picture, so anything that keeps him from paying a picture is affects my income. Oh, my God. Bit, that makes me cry. Yeah, but, uh, but, but, you know, on the other hand, I never thought the vision was going to appear in one picture. Right, and I'm I, I'm not sure that he would have if it hadn't been for Josh Wheaton, who was the person who decided that that Ultron the Vision should be the second Avengers movie. It wasn't anybody at Marvel or uh, a studio or anything like that. So, so I'm I'm very pleased, and, and, and they really developed the, uh, that relationship between Wanda and uh, the Vision, you know, which had not, you know, which had sort of gradually grown. As a matter of fact, I think I think some of it. I, I sort of started it. A lot of it got just started in the comics when uh, when Neil Adams and I were in the crease for a war, and he added a little to it. And then I, Steve Englehart really took off with it when he took over for me a little later as the Avengers writer. But it was always, you know, a a, a major thing. But I I know I felt like, gee, you know, after the first movie, the Ultron movie, they didn't get they did they couldn't do much with it. They didn't have space to do much with it in Civil War. You got a scene or two, and that's about it. But then suddenly in this movie. 
with all those other characters, what was amazing about it, you know, is that they actually did find the space to have almost everybody, you know, have some moment to, for an individual thing. You know, nobody, there's nobody that you, you get through that was in that movie just about that you don't feel got some kind of individual moment, you know. Maybe Mbaku got shortchanged a little yeah, bit. You know, the he fact he was in it is good enough. Yeah, but, uh, but at least he was in it. You know? Yeah, exactly. But almost everybody, and they, and they particularly did well by uh, the Vision and the Scarlet Witch, even if they never call her the Scarlet Witch. I don't I, think anybody I had knows to, I had to say, like, the scope of the movie was so big. Yeah, it was like, yeah. I felt like I was in it. And when after I got out of it, I was just like... Well, we were sitting in the second yeah, row. I, I attacked <laughs> Mitch a few times. And I thought when he held the crossfire. Well, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know I scratched Mitch. Did I? Did I hurt you, Roy? I My grandmother used to do you. that. Yeah. I just thought it was the popcorn back. <laughs> I cried when Forbush Man died. I cried. I yes. openly wept when no. Forbush Man died. Yeah. I mean, that was a hell of a dent on the tin can. You exactly. Know? Yeah. Right. I, I, I was grateful to the fact that my wife was not there, that she had decided, you know, she, she has liked, you know, a couple of the movies. She did Ultron, she said, you know, I had to go see that movie twice, I didn't want to see it once. But, oh, wow. But she liked Doctor Strange and, and Wonder Woman, you know, and, and she liked Doctor Strange even, you know, so, but, but had she gone to this movie last night, no one in our row would have been able to hear the movie because she would have been huffing and puffing so loud because <laughs> she doesn't like the violence of the movie. She liked Doctor Strange. Kind of violent, she liked yeah. the, She liked Doctor Strange because it all kind of gets Magic. undone and it's not yeah. a violence. Picture, yeah. Yeah. and uh, but you know I like these ideas. I, I, you know, I mean, granted, it's hard to keep destroying New York and, and or some related city in creative ways that aren't just like he's like. How can nobody would live in New York anymore so they after to the first two or they need, They'd all yeah. live somewhere else. They need know? new cities. They need new. Well, they they do that. They had Soul and Black Panther. They 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 whatever. Czechoslovakian kind of country oh, they had Slo- in Ultron. Slo- Slo- you know? Sokovia. Sokovia, yeah. Sokovia, yeah, that kind of it's thing. It's not real, you know. Yeah. Hey, don't yeah. get nuts. Oh, isn't it? No. You know, I was really gonna go not there, anymore. I was going to go there. Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. too, too soon. Too yeah. soon. Too soon. I was looking for Planet Semino, but it never showed up. <laughs> That's another yeah, story. <laughs> cutting room floor. Yeah. Eddie? Roy, in all the many, many years you've done, everything you've done, I mean, this could go... Very, very long time, but oh, it's got to but for seeing <laughs> everything that's come to pass in the time that you've been at the helm of this, what, what uh, I don't know if there's a short answer for it really, um, could you pass on, could you say uh, the, the most important thing maybe you've learned in all your years of what you've done for the comic books and for the industry and the people that are still coming to you and, and appreciating you being out here and bless you for that and everything, um, any, any most shining moment in, in your years? Or perhaps not so, not so, uh, you know, good that you want to just. I'm not sure what kind of question that was. It's, it's, it's very vague. It's, it's but, all over the place. Yeah, What's your shining moment? Highlight, low light yeah. of well, everything you've done. Well, John Samino. Well, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think. I mean, I don't consider myself or Marvel Comics. Let's get it on a bigger scale than me, certainly. I don't consider Marvel Comics an opening act, you know, for the movies. I mean, so to a lot of people, it will be. And maybe it will be. Maybe someday there'll be back in no comics, and one of there'll still be a few movies. Right. But, to, but to me, Marvel Comics is an entity all by itself, you know, and so forth. Even if I'm not as interested in the direction yeah, it's going right now. Well, you know, the Marvel movies are something, and you know, not entirely different. They're related to it, but they're not the same thing. Right. Uh, but uh, you know, it's it's been nice to be a part of it. I mean, you know, at the time, I always thought, well, okay, they're going to do a couple things with Stan and Jack's characters and Ditko's. And, but then all of a sudden they started, you know, all of a sudden when they started using mine by the the vision, I guess, and so forth. And, so, and the next thing you know, I'm almost every movie, maybe the Ant Man and Wasp coming out now. Well, yeah. almost every movie of the last four or five or six has had some little thing in it that 
and I just, gee, I wish I'd created more characters. Now, you know, I, I avoided it for years because I knew I wouldn't own them. Yeah, yeah. And now, and now I wish I'd created even more characters because they had even more to uh, go from. Because it is interesting to uh, see them up on the screen, even if they're changed. Some of them I like what they do with them. Sometimes they change beyond recognition. Sure. But like when they took Yellow Jacket and they only took the general concept and made a different thing, it was kind of nice. It was nice to uh, to see that on the screen and to feel I sort of contributed to that. Because it, it was always a uh, a group thing. You know, a shared universe yep. and everything. We were playing in the universe that Stan and Jack and some extent Ditko really got going. Uh, you know, and a, well, based a little on Simon and Kirby and Bill Everett and Carl Burgess, but you know, still. And now we've got uh, of this whole universe and it's sharing more. You know, I've had my moments. Jim Starlin certainly come into the sun. There's several other, you know, uh, people that come in, and, and pretty soon one of these days they'll get up, they'll pass us all off, and we'll be into. You know they'll be uh, doing, uh, uh, bringing all the characters from the '90s to the the right. teens, yep. you know, the characters, and, and that'll be the uh, the stuff they're doing. And our stuff will maybe be in the past again, but we'll be part of that. Uh, you know, we'll be part of. Uh, a radio. I'm I'm very pleased. I'm as pleased as if I had been part of, say, um, you know, Star Wars or something yep. like or Star Trek. You know, if I didn't own anything of it. Just be a part of it. It's great. Now, Roy, before we go, earlier in the day, Mitch and I had a conversation about, in Infinity War, the character of Thanos. That must have been unpleasant. It was unbelievable. <laughs> it was yeah. delightful. He's just, yeah. Was I'm Roy knows. <laughs> How did Thanos compare to other villains in pop culture? Mitch and I, we ended up saying, I basically threw out the line that he was a better villain than Darth Vader. And I, I don't know. I didn't think of that too much because... Uh, you know, to, to me, the characters like Thanos and, and I, I think of Apocalypse in the X-Men you know, movie. Yeah. Um, Thanos is much better. Apocalypse was like, he was like the full-blown version of a cartoon character on Saturday morning cartoons. I don't yeah. mean good with the cast, you know, and everything suddenly made the hero of a multi-billion dollar movie. Thanos seems like that at first, because he, he sort of looks like it, he comes all they treated. But gradually, you know, he begins to, you know, to become a little more human. Yeah. And and Drash Rowan, his performance is somehow, you know, keeps him a little more grounded. Absolutely. And so and the writing with, you know, with the, the sacrifice he makes right. and the whole thing like that. And and still with another whole movie to develop him in. Uh, and everything. I, it just makes me think of gee, that monumentally crazy day when Jim Starlin showed me two or three of his Characters and one of them was called Thanos, and the first thing I thought of was uh, it, Thanatopsis, you know, the poem yeah. for which the, the name Thanos had come. And I was thinking, you know, which is not what every comic book editor would automatically think of, perhaps, no. but me. And I said, that's a great name. And then I looked at this character, and he, I gotta admit, whatever Jim says, and, and I'm not saying that, you know, he, he created to be like Darkseid, but to me, he reminded me a little of Darkseid, and I. Mm. I wasn't that wild about Jack Kirby's for Fourth World myself, but I thought, gee, a dark side type villain might be kind of nice. Jim's got this character, so I said, well, these other guys are okay, you know, and this and that. But this guy says he was a little thinner. And I said, beat him up, you know, make him bulky, you know, and and use Thanos and and do whatever you want to with him, but make him bulky. I think he was a vampire really or something. He was some some lesser thing, and suddenly he became like the the thing from this little. And of course, I mean, but Jim did all the the work. It's all his creation, you know, and so forth. And I'm real pleased Jim made me a, a head of, back um, <laughs> when I was editor-in-chief, he made me a head out of some kind of stone, metal, cement, something or other, with the ears pointing out. Unfortunately, as I tried to take it home, and one of the ears 
caught the cab door and broke off. I still got that head sitting on top with all my 1939 World's Fair memorabilia, yeah. Patty, yeah. Katie Cochran chess set with yeah. the Marvel characters. And you know, and so I've, I've had Thanos staring at me from across the room since 1974. You know? So you know, how could I not like a movie with Thanos in it? Roy, it was an absolute pleasure. How can people get a hold of you on, you know, the social networking and whatnot? Are you on Tell them, Roy. Well, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't do social network. I mean, I can be found on, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, email. You know, uh, it's Roy Dan with two N's at n i n t i net dot com. Uh, but also, uh, although I don't do Facebook myself. Uh, uh, a sometime acquaintance of mine named John Semino, <laughs> has, uh, who's sitting right here and shoving this microphone in my face, uh, wow. came up with the idea for a, a what is, uh, to my embarrassment, called the Roy Thomas Appreciation Boards on there, uh, on, on Facebook. And uh, some people tell me he handles it very well. Oh, and he absolutely does. And, and there's, you know, it's sort of like, you know, talks about comic, me, but also comics in general, just anything that kind of comes up and uh, I, would, I would check that out and everything and you know, then tell me how it's doing because I don't know, you know I write an occasional little piece for it one of these days I'll write some piece about my cameo in the Daredevil Netflix series. oh he just gave it up uh, I didn't see. I, I, don't, I think NDA. it's okay to mention it non-disclosure they, they just didn't want any uh, they don't want any yet. secrets about the thing we well, got an no, exclusive nobody's going to see me in that oh, yes, all it is, well. is there's a third season of Daredevil that's yeah, how much you now know that. Yeah. just so you know yeah Roy Thomas will be in season 3 of Daredevil that's right he, he gets his first cameo and you, got, you got a magnifying glass uh, you could probably spot me no they gave him They got. he's got some good oh oh yeah and Roy you're welcome Oh, okay. Oh, see, yes, John yes, make yes, sure he throws yes. that in there. Yeah. So we, so that, that's that's fun. And, but uh, it's, it's it's an interesting time to be living. Even when the movies die down, there'll still be a few. Yeah. I think the superhero movies they're not going to die totally for a number of years. I mean, you know, no. there are still a few westerns around, even and this and that. And the superhero movies, once they've come in so big, they'll be around. You know, just oh, like yeah. just like Star Trek and Star Wars and all that. And they're you know you can't these things never die. Once they come in, oh, they never totally go away. Now, Mitch, John, before we go also, how can people get a hold of you? And are there any uh, terrific conventions going around soon? Well, I'm glad you asked, Pete. Coming up this August 17th and 19th at the Mohegan Sun in Uncasville, Connecticut, we'll be doing the fourth annual Terrific Con, where Roy is our permanent guest. And once again, we'll be delighting fans of all ages as he talks about his Silver Age memories to you and yours. And then John Smeen and I also are featured every Tuesday on the Power Cosmic Podcast, which is introduced by the one and only Rascally Roy Thomas. John is available on Twitter at Elastic Hulk. Elastic underscore. Elastic underscore Hulk and any wanted posters in your local public libraries and post offices. And I'm on anything that'll have me. There you go. And that's that. And that's that. Thank you, gentlemen. All right. We are here, the Marvelous, at Albany Comic Con 2018. I'm Eddie Wilson. I'm Peter Melnick. Special guest here, the one, the only, the legendary, I dare say, because I've known him for a long time, at least in comic book titles, Jim Starlin. Jim, thank you and welcome. And thank you for having me here. First, I would like to find out, um, really, how long have you been? How long have you been at this? And what did you, if you remember, starting with as far as any any titles? Uh, what year might it have been? I remember from about the early '80s, but I, I might be, uh, you know, a little far. It might be earlier than that. The first things I ever sold were the Joe Orlando over at uh, DC Comics when he was doing House of Mystery and House of Secrets. Wow! And I okay. sold him a couple of two pagers. 
somewhere around 1971 or something like that. And uh, that success prompted me to go to New York City, in which case I didn't get any more work for DC, but I started working at Marvel because they were expanding from like eight books a month to somewhere in the 20 books a month. And so they were quite literally hiring anybody who came across the state line that could hold a pencil. And I just barely qualified, but I got the job. Yeah. What would you say was your first full book, full title? I guess I assume it's Marvel. It was in Marvel. Uh, the first story I did was a romance story uh, involving the characters Tom the truck driver, Dick the dude, and Wendy the waitress. A lot of alliteration there. Uh, there was ink by Jack Abel. Uh, the first book I did, first cover I did was uh, I think like the third or fourth issues cover of the Beast. Uh, the first full book I ever did was uh, uh, Iron Man, uh, the one fifty-five, which introduced Thanos and uh, Drax. Sure. The year is escaping me now. I had you sign earlier today my copy of the Death of Captain Marvel. I think that when I hear your name is the first thing that comes to mind. What's your take on? the story essentially very cheap therapy for me because uh, my father had passed away a year before of cancer and this uh, without even realizing what I was doing I uh, worked through a lot of stuff on that and uh, I thought it came out to be a pretty good story I had actually done three or four plots before which I threw out with ever without ever showing anybody because they were the hero dying heroically that kind of nonsense and uh, I finally latched onto this. I don't even know what prompted it at this point. Uh, it just seemed like a good idea. Uh, turned it into a shooter. A uh, number of his uh, assistant editors didn't like it all that much, but he liked it and gave it the green light, and it all worked out pretty well. You know, it had, I just want to add, a major impact, I think, on myself. Growing up collecting comics in my teens and so on, it was really, I think, the first thing I had read that dealt with this issue of it happening to a superhero. Like, how can this be? And I think even in throughout the story itself, the characters, the other superheroes, couldn't believe, how could this be happening? It's Captain Marvel. How could this... Who could even conceive of that? I think it had a major impact on the uh, the collector, the, the comic book collecting community at large. Would you, would you say that's about accurate? Yeah. Uh, the writer Norman Mailer once said that all true stories end in death. And we're trying to give the illusion in comic books that we're telling true stories. I mean, all fiction is that way. Um, and the games they play have such high stakes that somebody not dying occasionally uh, just doesn't make any sense. Um, now they all die, but they're back the next week. So, it's, you know, once again, it doesn't make any sense, but it's a different kind of not making sense. I think it was. I think it broke ground in terms of the content and the subject matter. That's that, that's the effect it had on me, at least. Well, thanks. I, yeah. It was fun to do, and you know, it was a strange book to work on. Uh, uh, shortly after I started working on it, I dislocated my thumb uh, badly, and but I had already been paid for the pencils and the inks. So, and I had just bought this house, so I had to get this job done. Oh, so every morning I would uh, get up and I would tape one of these markers, take my hand into a marker, and I would ink with this pen that I could not take out of my hand. That's why there's no long sweeping lines in that job. It's all this kind of Mobius scratchy stuff, because that's all I was capable of doing. And I'd break at lunch, unwrap, put it in some ice, 
go back after lunch, wrap it up again, and work until dinner time. And that's how that book got done. You know, a little bit at a time. Uh, while I was bandaged, my uh, okay, uh, it was crazy. That's a really interesting. I was going to say great, but not great backstory on that. And I'll have to definitely go back and reread and, and pay more attention to to that part of it. Yeah. Okay, Peter. Now, with the topic of the death of Captain Marvel, one of the things that is a bit of a controversial kind of thing is death in comics. And yours was the first example of death in comics, you know, of a major character, and it lasted for a very, very, very long time. There had been some others, like the Doom Patrol had been killed off before, and uh, they weren't, hadn't been brought back by that point, so they were dead for a while. Um, there were some other examples of it. Uh, there was imaginary stories that Superman used to do. One of the stories I remember most of my kid, my, as a kid was the death of Superman. Uh, it was really a heart-rending book, and uh, when I went back the next week and all the other regular Supermans were there, I just blew my mind going, how could they go back and do this after doing this wonderful story? How do you feel about the comic uh in comic books when writers use death now and it's just essentially a one, two, three thing and you know the character will be back like in, you know, 1993 with the death of Superman. What am I supposed to say about that? I mean, it's a cheap shot. Um, everybody knows they're all going to come back at this point. Uh, you know, I got lucky uh, Captain Marvel hasn't come back. Uh, Thanks to Jim Shooter for a long time, he wouldn't let the people bring it back. Uh, they eventually were able to, you know, they brought in a female, Captain Marvel, which has proven successful. So that was some protection against him. But uh, now, uh, you know, at, at one point I was working over at DC and we were doing a story that had Hawkman involved in it, and then we had to pull him out at the last minute because he was being killed in another book. And before I finished the job, he was being resurrected in, in yet another book. They didn't even wait like two months before they brought him back. Now, would you say that, you know, in regards to, you know, the character of Captain Marvel not passing away, you know, not being brought back, would you say that, you know, bringing him back would be disrespectful to the way you wrote the story? Well... I would probably think so, but you know, it's it's a, co a business in that, and uh, the public, the editorial offices, uh, Marvel in particular, aren't worried about being respectful or anything. They're worried about making this quarter look good. It's all short-term thinking in that point. Uh, so I'm sorry, but that question doesn't have any validity because you're asking for values that I know the people I'm dealing with don't yeah, have. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Now, Eddie? With the character of Dreadstar, any as, as we're talking, I'm thinking of, of maybe was there anything running through your mind in terms of a correlation between that character and Captain Marvel? Similarities? No, no, no. They were two different things. Captain Marvel was a warrior who became spiritual, and uh, Tana, or, excuse me, uh, Dreadstar was an anarchist who could never find satisfaction. They were diametrically opposed to each other. They both were blonde, but that's about the only thing. It generally, I went through a spell of blonde. I, I thought of space in general, a space sci-fi-ish character, maybe yeah, would be at the base of setting. You know, yeah, but everything yeah. else about the two guys is very different. Right, right. Uh, one was in a group guy. One was the loner. Yeah, yeah. You also touched on DC, and I believe you had 
under your belt, uh, Batman Death in the Family. Yes. Your um, feeling about what was happening there? Another death thing going on, but... Um, I always found Batman, the whole idea of Batman and Robin, rather absurd because if you're going to go off and fight crime in a dark black and gray outfit, why do you bring along a kid and dress him up in primary colors? I mean, that goes beyond child abuse. That's child <laughs> endangerment. It's, it should get you thrown in jail just for that for the rest of your life. And plus, he keeps going through kids. These kids. <laughs> he's leaving a trail of kids behind all the time. Alfred, I lost another one. So, yes. So, you know, I never tried to use him, and I was always uh, lobbying to get rid of him. And when Benny came up with the... The stunt with the call in, I was more than ready to jump in on this thing because I had no doubts that my fanny, my reader, were so ghoulish that he was done for. Yeah. I was really surprised that the vote was as close as it was because it was only like 72 votes difference out of 10,000 votes. I mean, right. statistically, it was next to nothing. So I was shocked that as enough people that were around still didn't want to kill him. But, you know, as it is, it worked out, uh, they did die. Uh, he, he lasted, he stayed dead a long time. You know, they finally brought him back as a Red Hood, I think, somewhere back in the last decade or so. But, uh, Maybe part of it was the fact that it was the primary colors of his costume. They said, yeah, get rid of him. Maybe. Yeah, well, you know, they had these, all these lunch boxes and that, so they had to bring back another one. I mean, it was a strictly corporate decision. It still it makes no sense to have this uh, set up like that. But, you know, it's Let me, the way uh, it is. Yeah. And it just so happened that with the two deaths that they became, I, I, I want to say, wildly popular or successful and valuable, I suppose. So um, maybe it's just coincidence. Yeah, and I became the death god for a while. At one point, uh, Denny O'Neill, when he went back to working over at Marvel, called me up to ask me if I would kill off Shang-Chi, <laughs> which I passed on, and which I guess they never got around to doing. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Let me fast forward. Um, not being to too, too many shows... But this is the first I'm seeing you, meeting you, talking, and so on. What's your schedule like these days? Are you doing many shows? Uh, are you working on uh, new projects now that you can talk about? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing a lot of shows this year with the movie coming out now. But, you know, uh, I'm sort of obliged to. I mean, it's uh, personal appearance fees, you know, every time. It's all working. So mm-hmm. I would only go and do maybe one or two shows every year in the past 40 some odd years. Wow. I'm not a big convention person, but uh, I'm doing like 10 of them this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, new projects. I have uh, an art of book that I'm working on with Ominous Press. Um, even though Marvel and I are no longer on speaking terms, Marvel Editorial, I'm in good terms with the movie people, but uh, Editorial and I have split. Uh, but they still have three books of mine that Alan Davis have drawn, three graphic novels. Uh, the first one comes out in March around the time of the movie. Alan's uh, halfway through drawing uh, the last one, and he'll, uh, excuse me, the second one, and we'll go directly on to the last one. I have written all the scripts. Mm-hmm. So uh, Marvel and I have part of the company, they have the scripts, and they'll be coming out as they come out. Yeah. And other than that, uh, what else am I doing? Oh, I have uh, novels that I've done through Amazon right now. I have two uh, novels. One's Mind Games, Hardcore Mind Games, and the other one is Lasgood's Boys. I'm just finishing off the third novel of this quartet of novels, uh, which will be called uh, Profit Equation. 
Um, that'll be available through Amazon's eBooks uh, sometime within the next few months. Uh, now that I got three books out of the four-hour band, I'm going to start hunting around for a hardcover publisher. I wanted to wait until I had a nice library. I figured it'd be better to sell it, especially with the book, movies coming out now. Sure. That you know, I could get a better deal now than I would have a year ago when I, or two years ago when I had the other books. Back. Two last questions that I can think of. Um, you're New York based, I would assume. And, uh, yeah. You want to say where? Where do you? Catskill Mountains. Catskills. Okay. That's, that's like us. That's good. Um, and the other thing too with the uh, movie coming out, were you uh, brought in as like consultant or ideas no, no, at all? No, there's um, a good wall between the editorial and the movies. Uh, I was invited to the set. I had a great time on the fourth Avengers movie set. Uh, they let us wander around the studio, and they had not yet torn down all the sets for the third Avengers movie, so uh, we got to crawl around the Milano and a lot of other sets. Uh, you know, got on the, shoot, watched them shoot a scene with uh, Chris Evans, and uh, basically uh, they treated very nicely. Uh, got picked up with a limousine, you know, I mean. Nice. Uh, very cool stuff that, you know, you just nice. don't see the comics doing that. That is very good, and to show, I think, to show respect. To, to do and to extend that nice gesture, you also sank Peter's heart because because he's a Star Lord uh, cosplayer and oh, same first name. So I mean, the Milano. Oh, he, I think oh he yeah, just, no, no, yeah. no. The entertainment people are a class act. We had a great time with them. Uh, uh, in fact, uh, the two writers of the screenplay have done the forward in the Infinity Siblings of graphic novel. So uh, I'm still in touch with everybody. I'm looking forward to getting down to the premiere and hanging with this for some more. What date do you get to see it? I have no idea at this point. I mean, uh, they moved to April 27th or 26th if you go to the Thursday night, but I don't yeah, know if that means... We're, we're gonna be, it'll be sometime in the middle of April, uh, you know, nice. second, second week or something like that. It's usually about two weeks before the release date, yeah, from what yeah. I've seen so far. Uh, one last thing I'm thinking of, where, where would be the shows that you're going to be going to? Like, what states, let's say? Uh, let's see, Raleigh, uh, Thunder Bay, Ontario, Ontario, uh, Toronto... Uh, Washington, D.C. at the end of uh, March. Um, God, who else? I've got a bunch of them. I'm trying to remember. Uh, Hawaii, Las Vegas, San Francisco. Uh, whoever's... I'm missing them, sorry. That's, no, but that's a good amount of stuff. You're, you're covering a, a good amount of bases there, I think. Yeah, there's something in Connecticut at a casino. Terrificon? Um, I, be- I believe that's the one. That would be in uh, August. That, is, yes. that could be, yeah. Yeah, yes. okay. Now, what I want to also know, by the way, is with these characters making the leap to the big screen, characters that you created such as Thanos and Drax, what was it like the first time you saw the physical embodiment, or, you know, on the big screen? What was it like on the embodiment? Uh, the first time I was not, didn't have any relationship with Marvel editorial, Marvel anything at that point, and I heard that Thanos was somewhere in the end credits about two days before. So I went to a midnight showing uh, when it opened, and uh, there was a comic book fan and a cartoon fan behind me. And they chatted throughout the movie about who and that, typical fanboys. Uh, so when the final scene came out in the credits where Thanos shows up, the cartoon guy goes, Thanos! and screams out loud. And the, and the, and the cartoon, uh, excuse me, the comic book guy screams it out, and the cartoon guy goes, who's Thanos? So, yeah, it was kind of funny. Sure. It was sort of set to the reality in that, you know, maybe this guy is going to become real popular, but at this point, he's a big question. 
And they made, that was a good choice on Josh Whedon's part to throw him in there. Human uh, feed and whoever else made that decision. What were your thoughts on the portrayal of Drax by uh, professional wrestler Dave Batista? That's interesting because Gamora is very much my Gamora. Uh, Drax, on the other hand, Gunn and Batista have created this sort of hybrid between the visual Drax of today that they use in the comic books and he's sort of a, an offshoot of the dumb Drax from the Infinity uh, Watch. So he's really kind of a, a neat combination and Batista has got this really surprising comic quality to his performances that who would have thought? He's also uh, very intense. Very intense. He must be. I, I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to meet him, I, I guess, at the Awesome Con in a couple of weeks because he wasn't at the end of the... Uh, at the after party at the second uh, Guardians movie because they'd actually just done the real world premiere in Japan two days before. So only the toughest people made it to the oh. to the after party, like Zoe Saldana and Dunn, uh, Chris Pratt and Batista, they couldn't make it. <laughs> I mean, oh, I know he was uh, in Blade Runner 2049, for example. Yeah, he was pretty he, good in that. He was phenomenal. I was surprised. Yeah. And, you know, just seeing these actors also with your character Thanos as well what are your thoughts on Josh Brolin who is also double dipping as Cable now yeah he wasn't on my list of possibilities to tell you the truth uh, I was going for uh, much deeper voices I was actually kicking around Idris Elba I thought his voice would have been perfect wow. for uh, I like that. Arnie Schwarzenegger post uh, cancer his voice is good for it uh, didn't think about Brolin at all, but the the, the clips I've seen and uh, they gave us a when we were on the set they showed us a scene that they weren't going to use that was uh, it was an early test of uh, transforming Brolin over to Thanos uh, and they didn't even have the finish uh, Thanos uh, visual finish at this point so basically a naked Thanos sitting in the dark. Uh, talking to somebody off screen, which seemed struck my first thought was this strikes me as a pornographic Avengers movie. But oh, there's an audience for that, probably. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but, you know, as he went on with his monologue in it, I went, Yeah, this guy's going to work out okay. I wouldn't have thought that. And uh, it, it was kind of a surprise to me, actually. Uh, you know, I'm sure there's, uh, on that note, uh, good reasons for Josh Brolin Thanos, Josh Brolin Cable. Whether it was a repeat of Chris Evans, Human Torch, Chris Evans, Captain America, I don't know. It seems like a pattern, kind of, sort of, now. I, I don't know. I um, have no idea how they uh, came about that. Uh, about, if I meet him at the premiere, I'll ask what the process was. Well, uh, just out of curiosity. <laughs> now, a lot of iconic moments from your work have actually been included in the movies. One of which is involving the finger snap, which mm. was just shown in the most recent trailer. Now, Gamora snapping it. Yeah. Yes. And As I was playing around with one of these gauntlets today and trying to get the finger to snap, I'm going, how does he actually do that in one of those other hand things? Okay. What was your favorite visual so far that you've seen in the films taken from your work? To like see it just put up on the big screen, like a moment. Well, the shield's not there, but obviously Thanos and Captain America facing off there is from that sequence. Uh... And, you know, the latest trailer, I was going, oh, I recognize a lot of things in there. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. 
What do you feel about the reception that you know people have been giving you towards your work over the past few years, especially you know with the reintroduction through the new media? Um, it's harder to turn down conventions than it used to be. <laughs> it used to be very easy because uh, you know, okay, but now it's very it's harder. Um, I don't know. It's this whole fame thing, you know, this celebrity thing, this more visible thing. I've had some trouble working out how to take advantage of it. You know, I mean, how to adjust to it and uh, make it work for me. And I never used to charge for autographs, and I started doing that so I could raise money for some causes I want to work with. You know, at this convention, it's one thing, and then I'm doing a lot with the Heroes and Youth Convention. And it's since I've been able to get that around my head around that, that I can actually do something other than gain ego gratification from it, it's a lot easier to deal with. Right. You know, uh, I know that sounds weird, probably, but, you know, uh, it, it works. Now, obviously, once we end the story with Thanos in the upcoming movies, we don't know what's next. We don't know who the next big bad is going to be. But if you were in charge of this, who would you pick as your big bad? And also, there's no studio problem. So you can bring over the characters that the Fox company has the rights to and whatnot. I do really do the Fantastic Four and do a good Galactus. Hell yes. Yeah. I mean, do in the way he's supposed to be done rather than his nebulous cloud that they came up with. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's well worth the effort. Just visually. No, I mean, if a, if a cosplayer can be Galactus and have a metal pole with the Earth or the Silver Surfer mini tries to roll it and he's holding the Earth, I think the studio can do a good, a good Galactus, yeah. Yeah, he'd be my man. Yeah, that would be awesome. I, I think we, we've taken up a lot of Mr. Starlin's time. We thank you, Jim, for taking this time with us with The Marvelous. And also, congratulations on your long career. And good luck with your future projects. And we hope to see you again. All right. Thank you for the wonderful creations that you've given us. Thanks for having the interview. So now, guys, once again, thank you for being on the show, discussing this with us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for coming down. It was a blast. Are we going to rate the movie now? Yes, we are. So... Guests first? Guests first. Doug? Ranking out of five. Out of five. Oh, man, I'm going to have to give this a 14.6 million out of five. No, it's a, I'd, I'd have to say it's a five out of five for the simple fact that they they tied up some ends, they created some new loose ends, and that ending, that just like that that sudden stop uh, was really just what tied it together for me. If it had ended any other way, I would have been disappointed, but I was really satisfied with everything throughout the movie. All of it made sense and none of it made me go, I wish they had done. No, it, it just, it was packaged well. Yeah. It absolutely saddens me because I'm such a cynical old man to, uh, and bitter to give it a five out of five, but I have to, um, I'm a guy who also likes independent films and talkies. And, and I think that this film for a big splash adventure action cosmic you name it movie just nailed it and even the small quiet uh character parts it's it's a five eddie out of five ten <laughs> that's it or we'll go to eleven 
for that little extra boost. Five squared, perhaps? That would be 25. I'm sorry. Five, five plus. Stellar. Just, you know, hit you in the gut when you weren't looking. As you were looking, more specifically, in more than one level or way, and after two viewings, I need at least two more to really let it sink in and, and settle in and leave you with questions and avoid. I mentioned earlier, I think, and just things that are unanswered. You, I mean, you, you have to, I believe, hold out that things are going to get better, especially when in the beginning of the movie it started off in a dire situation as it was. Dire straits. Yes. We are, the, we are the sultans of swing. Okay. Now, skate away. And five plus, no question, hands down, gauntlet down, five. <laughs> so, for me, this movie, I really enjoyed because of the overall story, the pacing. The pacing was perfect. Like I said, I was not bored watching this movie. However, there were moments where I'm just thinking to myself, you know. You fell asleep. Well, I fell asleep because it was at one o'clock in the morning, and I was up at six in the morning. Good. That I day. was up at four. I stayed for the midnight show. I stayed awake for the whole thing. Well, you had caffeine, Eddie. Uh, <laughs> a little bit, yes. Sure. <laughs> but anyway, so one of the things, though, I just felt it was great, but it wasn't the greatest. It's it's really hard to describe, and it did leave me wondering what's next. But I feel we don't have the complete movie yet because we're still waiting for next year because next year could be a make and make or break. As of right now, if I have to give this movie a rating out of five... You do. It's your system. Well, yeah. <laughs> I would have to go with a four and a half out of five. It's not perfect, What did but... Wolverine say to Scott Summers in the beginning? You're a dick. <laughs> now, right now, what we're going to do is our overall rankings of all Take 19 Eddie in the films. back and whip him <laughs> Eddie and I are going to do, because you guys are going to do your top three. We're going to do our top six, or top 19. But according to my, I'll go to my list first. Mine starts out at 16 because we have some ties in here. Number 16, Thor The Dark World. Number 15, Iron Man 3. Number 14, The Incredible Hulk. Number 13, Iron Man 2. Number 12, Captain America, The First Avenger. Number 11, Avengers, Age of Ultron. Number 10, Avengers, or Avengers Assemble if you live in the UK. Number 9, Thor. Number 8, Iron Man. Number 7, this movie, Avengers Infinity War. Number 6, Captain America, Number 5, Doctor Strange. Number 5, and this is the other tie, Thor Ragnarok. Number four, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. And this is a three-way tie. Number three, Black Panther, Ant-Man, and Guardians of the Galaxy. Number two, Spider-Man Homecoming. And my number one, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2. Eddie? First of all, guys, you see how he's got to use his phone to have his rankings? If I took that phone away, he's done. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing beats old pen and paper. And especially the old, since I am significantly hey, more, I can than, live more than this one. Mine, Eddie. You can live update yours. This, this, okay. Yeah, but you need See, a new piece of paper for that. If I destroy it, that gives me a sense of fulfillment, right, uh, Doug? Okay, good. Five plus plus, if possible, Avengers Infinity War. At the number five spot, Black Panther, Guardians of the Galaxy, Captain America Winter Soldier, Avengers, and Iron Man. And that's going in reverse order of having viewed them. At a 4.75, Spider-Man Homecoming, Captain America the First Avenger, and Thor down to a 4.5, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Doctor Strange, Ant-Man, and Iron Man 2. 4.25, Thor Ragnarok, Captain America Civil War, 
wow, Avengers wow. Age of Ultron. This is my ranking, not yours. <laughs> also at a 4.25, Iron Man 3. Down to a 4 with, in sole position, Incredible Hulk. And the lowest ranking of 3.5, Thor, The Dark World. Which is a million points higher than it should be. Yeah, it's just an overarching yeah. trend that the Thor movies until Ragnarok were bad. Yes. I like the first Nope. Nope. No. I mean, you're allowed to like it. Yeah. I just, it just was not, didn't hit for me. Now, Doug, your top three? Oh, man. Actually, let's go top five. Now you're making it harder. Sorry. Uh, I have titles right here. You can read easier <laughs> than the phone, so okay. that'll help point Perfect. of reference. So... Uh, let's go with, I want to say Iron Man 2 would be in the number five spot for me. Whoa. Yeah, I loved Iron Man 2. It was, it was a really, really wonderful movie, in my opinion. Cool the scenes. scene where they're fighting robots just for mm. what felt like an eternity was just so well, good. Daft Punk plays? Yeah. Oh, it was so good. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is going to have to be number four for me. Captain America, the first Avenger, number three. Civil War number two, and I gotta be honest, Infinity War is gonna take number one for me. Uh, I think that this was the best packaged Marvel movie, hands down. Damn it. Yeah. Okay. So at number five, I'm gonna say for me, Ant Man. Uh, I really enjoyed Paul Rudd, and then four would be Avengers, two. Right? First Avengers in that spot. That or? the one. What's the one they fight in the in the airport? I'm, my oh, um, Civil, Civil War. War. Civil War. So, Civil War. That's not even an Avengers movie. That's just a Captain America movie, right? It's Avengers 2.5, essentially. Five, essentially, yeah. So, yeah, that would be number uh, four. Number three would be Homecoming. I'm a big Spider-Man fan, and I think that it's the best telling of Spider-Man. So, you know, the other ones hold their own in the time that they were made. I think this will actually live on where the other ones don't hold up. You're out, Gobby. <laughs> You're mine. <laughs> the worst thing in the world is the uh, Venom dance, and that's that's goes without saying. I've brought this up on the show in the past, but my favorite cosplayer of all time is this one dude who dressed up in the black suit, and he looked like Tobey Maguire, and he's walking around doing finger snaps, pointing at people <laughs> going, I killed the Sam Raimi franchise, and he keeps walking. <laughs> so I think I'm at, uh, what, number... Two? two, two. Number two would be Black Panther. I think not only was it really well acted, really well written, and and I like something that has a little bit of a social meaning to it. And I think Black Panther had a huge social meaning to it. Um, and then Infinity War really is uh, a great movie, um, and it'd be my number one spot. I hated all the Thor movies. Sorry. Even Ragnarok. Ragnarok, I liked, but. I really hated the first two. But, again, Ragnarok is really not just a Thor movie. It's really Planet Hulk movie mm. named Ragnarok. Wow. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, it would have been... I mean, I would have loved to see a Planet Hulk movie. The Planet Hulk comic book series was phenomenal. Basically, they gave everybody the Planet Hulk everybody wanted to see in the armor and all that. And they didn't give them a whole movie of it, but they gave them just mm. a taste enough yeah. to say... You know, fend off all the people who wanted to see it. Golly gee, thanks, Universal. <laughs> uh, you're welcome. You're not Universal, you're Eddie Wilson. Sorry, and it's a tie. <laughs> so now before we go, first off, guys, thank you for being on the show with us and joining us. 
Again, Absolutely. Thank you. thank you. Open late after hours even at Haven for Heroes in Port Jervis, Orange County, New York. 3436 Front Street. Every day. Except Monday. Mondays. Mondays. Mondays are the day off. Somewhere. Are you guys like Garfield? You hate Mondays? No, it's the just the only day rats. that I that, that that you know, we're able to shut down and I can hang out with my daughter all day and have lasagna. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so now, guys, before we go, first off, how can people get a hold of you on social media? Facebook at Haven for Heroes, YouTube at Haven for Heroes, Instagram at St. Douglas, and, uh, you know, or you could just show up. Now, guys, before we go, also, once again, go on the Facebook at Facebook.com slash The Marvelists. Give us a like on there. Go on the Twitter at The Marvelists. Give us a follow on there. Myself, at Peter Melnick. Yourself? At E. Wilson 959. And finally, Instagram at The Marvelists. And then also we have our email bag, themarvelists at gmail.com. Give us your questions, comments, strongly worded letters. Like I said, we'll read them all and we'll answer them all. Yeah. So, for Peter Melnick, I'm Peter Melnick. Emmett Garnum for Emmett Garnum. Doug Garnum for Doug Garnum. And I'm Eddie Wilson. It's time, true believers, for Obsessed with Marvel, Infinity War edition, if you will. Or will any of these questions have anything to do with Infinity no. War? This was out years before that, without using a time stone. It's question 1331, and it says, Who was not one of the original exiles? The Mimic, Morph, Nocturne, or Havoc? Again, who was not one of the original exiles? The Mimic, Morph, Nocturne or Havoc? I think I have this one. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's Havoc. That's where I'm headed. I was going to say Havoc. We're going with Havoc, so that would be D, and the answer is Havoc. Correct. Booyah. Give us a second to uh, reset. Since there's two people making this four people here, we're going to go with four questions. Is that your rationale? Yes. Well, okay, fine. Math. I'm not good at it. Two plus two is four, minus one, that's three. Quick math. Man's not hot. <laughs> you know what? He actually released a new song. It's called "Man Don't Dance." <laughs> I can't. Dance. I know what I'm getting Genesis. in my Spotify. I just, I just right. downloaded it. After a long, a long-awaited and non-essentially getting to it, we have a long-worded question, which is want to happen in this book. Question two forty-two, which reads: Jack Kirby, the co-creator of the Fantastic Four, is considered by many to be one of the greatest artists in the history of comics and one of the most influential artists in the superhero genre. Kirby originally worked at Marvel in the 1940s, where he and writer-artist Joe Simon created Captain America. There, they pioneered a dynamic new style of visual storytelling that exploded with vivid action. But Kirby's prowess as a comics creator reached its summit in his partnership with editor-writer Stan Lee in the 1960s. Kirby proved to be endlessly imaginative, co-creating not only the Fantastic Four, shown at right if you have the visual, but the Hulk, the X-Men, Thor, the Avengers, and scores of other characters. Jack Kirby passed away in 1994, having become as much a legend in comics as Captain America himself. I but forgot the question. The question is now, how many consecutive issues of Fantastic Four did Stan Lee and Jack Kirby collaborate on? Not counting six annuals. How many consecutive issues... A Fantastic Four that Stan Lee and Jack Kirby collaborate on. Is it 55? No. 123? 102? 
or 77 issues? It's C-102. Because? Correct. Because they never they did more than 100 issues. I know that, but they okay. did less than 125. Correct. All right, so you have some inside info on that. Are there any other guesses? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to side with uh, Peter on this one. He sounds like he's really got his... Man, he just was at the Kirby Museum. <laughs> that's true. Then that's why. You should have said that from the beginning. Let's go with 102. It is not what? 102. The answer is A, 55 Five issues. issues. Oh, You're wow. so busted. Oh, no. Wow. I remember they had like the longest run. Issue 56 is the first appearance of the claw. Oh, somebody's looking something up. I can tell now. My heart is broken. No, no, no. He just knows that. He just knows things. He's Layla Miller. He's Layla Miller. He just knows things. There you go. All right. Let's go to question 213. Which of the following men has never been an official substitute member of the Fantastic Four? Ant-Man 2. The Black Panther, Luke Cage, or Namor the Submariner? Again, which of the following men has never been an official substitute member of the Fantastic Four? Ant-Man 2, Black Panther, Luke Cage, Namor the Submariner. It's got to be Luke Cage. I was going to say it's got to be Luke Cage. I I actually want to say Namor because of... He's, didn't he have no, like a love affair in, with Susan with Sue Storm? They, ha- they hated him, but they I think that's why, like, that's why he definitely came bored a couple times. So but we that's have not an Luke, we have the same. I, I was joining now, up is not a substitute. Yeah, no. Ant-Man when somebody makes, was not in the in the group, that they took their place. Ant Man yeah. makes sense though because of the fantasticalness, if we yeah. if that's even a word, yeah. of his powers. Yeah, I was thinking Ant Man too, but would that have been Scott Lang as Ant Man? It's also error, no? error wise, like Luke Cage comes way later, um, where Ant Man was already um, established, and so and so was um, Namor. Yep. Um, and then Black Panther, Panther. comes uh, slightly before Luke Cage. It's either Luke Cage or Black Panther would be my guess, but I, I'm going to go with Luke Cage because I think he's even later. I think Demich talked me into Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. All right, so we have a couple of Luke Cages. We have a Namor. Is that where we're lying? I'm Luke Cage. I'm Luke Cage. I'm Luke Cage. I'm Spartacus. And that's not Luke Cage. The answer is Namor. Oh. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm going to pass the Macho Man impression on to you. I hope if this comes around again, I'll remember the correct answer. You can't can't see it, but I just flexed. This is our... our (laughs) Go check out our YouTube. I'm way prettier than I sound. (laughs) And it's after midnight. Okay. Question number 1953. What was the first name of Electra Nachos's father? A. Athos or Athos with an A. Athos. O- Language, Eddie. Odysseus. Odysseus. O d y s s e u s. Odysseus. Odysseus. Agamemnon. No. Or Orestes. Uh, I think it's Athos Nachos. Uh, no, 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 no. What was it in the movie? That's what I'm trying to think you, of. Yeah. Athos Odysseus. And you're saying that Odysseus. I feel like I feel like. Uh, well, no, I was just the, the pronunciation it, is Odysseus. That's from the Iliad. He, I think uh, it's D. The Iliad and the uh, Orestes. 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 Man, that Homer was talented. Uh, Athos. <laughs> Athos. Unlike the Simpsons Homer. I was, that's who I was. Is it spelled of. E or A? For Athos. A. A. Athos. Hey, I don't even know if they even cookie. said his name in the Electra movie. No, uh, it was. Electra Nachos. She's the daughter of so and so Nachos. Okay. From the Nachos family. Um, My father, so and so. It's definitely not Odysseus, and it's definitely not Agamemnon. Yeah. It's either Athos or Arestos. But Arestos doesn't sound right, so I'm going to go with it. It looks like Arestes. O R E S T E S. 
Orestes. Oh, man. I'm still going with Athos. Athos. I'm going with my That God. sounds yeah. like a Marx Brothers bit. Orestes, Pete. <laughs> right, Orestes, yeah. We didn't do it. Orestes, Peter. I barely know her. I'm not entirely sure. I'm going with Orestes. Okay. So we have, we're, between, we're between Athos and Orestes, and I'm going to hit A for Athos. No. Wow. <laughs> it's... Agamemnon. Agamemnon, really? <laughs> wow. Wow. That's a... I think I said it right. A-G-A-M-E-M-N-O-N. Yeah, Agamemnon. Agamemnon is an actual name. It's a biblical name, oh, actually. Oh, which is oh okay. Is it? It's biblical. That's one of the prophets I didn't know about then. Okay, from the Old Testament. So we're going for a fifth question to make up for this? I guess. I'm just thinking one we're more, one, We're one for four, so... Yeah. 18, one I have to give four. up my uh, nerd card and okay. slide it over. Which dimension does Taboro... Rule T I B O R O, which dimension does Taboro rule? Is it the quadriverse, the moons of Munapur, the purple dimension, or the sixth dimension? Oh man! Which dimension does Taboro rule? The yes, quadriverse, the moons of Mun. Was it Munapur? M U N N O P. Matapur. Munapur, the purple dimension, the sixth dimension. Mm. Which dimension does Taboro rule? Just because it's so r- ridiculous, I'm going to say the purple dimension. I'm going to go with the purple dimension. Um, yeah, I'll purple it. Let's purple it because I don't think we're everybody's Zebediah Kilgrave. Okay. <laughs> Zebediah. No, again, it's the sixth dimension. And oh, six. how could we forget the sixth dimension? <laughs> we've, we've been beaten like in Infinity War. I think well, we must speak We're the sick. cool no. nerds, all right? We don't know every... Hey, speaking of six, we should do a six to go with the number of stones. stones. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. We have we to go. redeem ourselves. Thirty percent. I don't know. I don't know that's We're aiming for thirty-three point three repeatings percent. Oh, this is terrible. <laughs> Seven sixty-three is the question number. And what was the cover date of Captain America comics number one? March of nineteen forty-one, December nineteen forty, December nineteen forty-one, January nineteen forty-one. Three out it of was four. forty-one. So it was forty-one. Okay, so March. If we're like, if we're taking nineteen forty out of it, March of forty-one, December or January. I feel Not like December. it was. I feel like it was March of forty-one because didn't Hitler kill himself in in, in January and wasn't like the, yeah, the Hitler punching later. cover after Hitler died? No, because no. they were actually going on saying that what like Jack Kirby, I believe it was Kirby or Simon, they were worried that Hitler would sue them. For having him depicted on the cover, yes, of because, uh, and I'll tell you, tell you why, because you're thinking 41 is the end of the war. 40, no, 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 45 is the end of the war. Right, right. So this is 41. This is, we don't enter the war till December of 41. Oh, right, yeah. wow, it's before right. we enter the war. The comic books actually were ahead of the uh, government going into the war. So we want to say March of 41 then, but we won, right? <laughs> back to back, baby. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's March, January, and December of 41. I'm pretty sure it's not December. But then you've got December of 1940 also. It was December. (laughs) (laughs) Extortion of Earth, Wind, and Fire. Now you stop. The month is September. I know that, Eddie. uh, December of 40 could be too. March Uh, feels right. You you think it's March? March March always feels right. (laughs) The The March of Eyes. March of Dimes. It's Ides of March. Ides of March. Yeah. Beware the Ides of March. No. It's, well, we're going to just, I'm going to let it all, let it all ride as Tony Stark said in the first Iron Man movie. That's a bookmark, Eddie. <laughs> Metaphorically. <laughs> Metaphorically. March of 41. Here we go. Yes. Boom. Yeah. Gut feeling. I finally. have faith in that. Good. Now we can 
Close. Well, you did get Namor right. You got three yeah. right. We only got, the rest of us only got two right. Two Thank out you. of six 50, ain't bad. 50%. Oh, it is bad. Hey, you know what else 50% is? How many people, people are left? left. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, 50%. But not random. Exactly? Not random. Even Ex- though only by Excelsior one person, not random. Excelsior. Excelsior. <laughs>